This is Jordan Grace, and you're listening to the Social Suplex Podcast Network. BWB, this is One Nation Radio. You better get it right. Rich Ladder James Boy came to give him life. The blackest wrestling podcast has come to kick all ass and drop it six feet if they're kicking trash. Word, let me welcome y'all to something different. And if you dig it, man, you should let some friends listen. We be getting it in this on the regular, dude. Ravish and flow, but this shit rule. See, James don't rap, so I had to break it down. The whole network, man, we coming for the crown. Raps in the columns, I keep them both covered Making the beats too, so the listeners can bump it Hit us with the rating, yeah, I'm saying it's a five Before you hit a talk, bob your head side to side It's One Nation Radio, and this is the beginning It's Rich, and I'm here with James It's time to listen to One Nation We got the power of the this is Mike Sempervivi from WrestlingObserver.com. Check me out on Wrestling Observer Live every day. And also check out your boys, Rich and James, on One Nation Radio. Uh, this is Kenny Omega. We're listening to One Nation Radio. Check it out, guys. These guys know what's up. Big Kenny Omega fans. That's all it counts to me. Goodbye and good night. Hey. What's going on, y'all? Welcome to One Nation Radio. I'm James Boyd. Here may I have Rich Lotto. What's going on, man? What's going on, man? I'm I'm chilling um, here. It's Tuesday night, end of a long weekend. Um, I went to a concert last night, so that's why there was no One Nation Radio last night with Catherine. And we went and saw a band she likes called Churches. Uh, we were at Janice. And the in St. Pete, there was a catastrophic rainstorm that happened during the show. So, yes. I got rained on all last night, um, like Ashanti, you know, singing in the video. I was getting rained on heavily. Um, <laughs> so, <laughs> you know, it was uh, it ended up being a fun time. Though. It was it was, it, was uh, it, it, it got kind of cold at a certain point. But, you know, I, I did my thing there. But um, for that, it was like double or nothing. Um, stardom flashing champions. Long weekend. But I, I don't James. Yeah. What Jeff Jarrett wins again. <laughs> All right, so you gotta the give agenda, me partic- the agenda is back. You gotta give me the particulars because like I, you know, I did not watch Double Nothing until like or, or finished it until like a half hour ago. Um I managed to stay on spot all of it, but like I only saw something about Jeff Jarrett in passing over the weekend, so what happened? Because I also didn't watch like Stardom live. I watched that like on like twelve hours after it aired. So what the hell happened? So um, you know, good old Double J. You know, we, we know he left WWE last summer. I was like, oh, no, no, don't worry about that. Jeff Jarrett will be back. He always will land back on top. And what did Double J do? We have an award on this show called the Jeff Jarrett Finesser of the Year. James, we may have to break the rule and put J Double J on the ballot this year. This man, Jeff Jarrett, has returned to WWE in an executive position. And the new position that he has sounds very similar to the one Triple H used to have. He has been hired as WWE's new senior vice president of live events. This is a high-level executive role on the live event side of the business. He announced it on his podcast. Um, Some people are are 
speculating that this is, uh, you know, the road to being an executive in WWE is starting a podcast with Conrad Thompson um, because, <laughs> you know, you look at Bruce Prichard and then Jeff Jarrett. It's like those are the two kind of right hand men right now. And James, I just want to and with Nick Khan clearing out Stephanie McMahon, like Double J wins again. The the prophecy that Double J will run the WWE is closer than ever. It's, it's never been this good. He may take a back step because we know how it goes with Double J. Sometimes he, he sacrifices the short term W or L for the long term W. And the long term W is with like it's over the hill, it's up the horizon, it's all that. So uh, I just wanted to uh, point out to the audience that that Jeff Jarrett wins again. Yeah, I just read something that's fucking wild about somebody's opinion on a wrestler. But uh, anyway, um, yeah, so Jeff Jared. Oh, and he's also going to he's also going to be on Austin's Broken Skull Sessions on Friday. Neat. Um, I wouldn't say that Jeff Jared is back in my life because, like, I don't watch WWE. (laughs) But the part where, like, he's back, like, as a player in. One more thing, the best thing of, of it all. He went to GCW, took their money, and beat they they fucking stars, and then didn't do a job back. Yeah, he also was at Triple Mania, said a bunch of racist shit like usual, and then dipped too. That happened as well. Um, Good and bad. Yeah. Uh, so. <sighs> I, I don't know what... I mean, but it's the same thing as Pritchard. Like, I don't know what these people track record other than they've had the job a job of, of, of something approaching what they're getting hired for before, therefore they get it. And it's like... It's gonna be... Obviously, it's never gonna happen because he's, he's filthy fucking rich, but it's like... Like, if something were to ever happen to AEW, like, Tony Khan would be... would, would get called... To do to do to be a booker or something um, one day like and like I remember thinking I actually thought to myself like you know when Cody lost creative control and the Young Bucks and Kenny Omega lost creative control um, however long that was what beginning of 2020 I think right like my thought was damn so like that I guess that means like the idea that you know one day one of them will be will be a part of AEW's executive you know uh thing is kind of out the window because it's like only some people got ever got that job so that's why they keep hiring the same people it's like it's just like you know the head coaching thing when except like worse because it's even less of a limited um uh field of people that that have real experience um at a place that you know WWE deemed good enough to to um, get that kind of responsibility laid upon them like bro like I, I don't know man whatever like good for we him i guess so close james we are so close to vince russo finally coming home at this point finally at this point i wonder what hap- i wonder why he hasn't you know why isn't why he's hasn't gotten called over like the last decade plus like what has he done that has gotten him that's been so you know crazy that's like beyond wwe and don't get me wrong like He's made some of the worst pro wrestling of all time in America, in this country. But at the same time, like, so has Vince McMahon. <laughs> so, he can't so, be this that worse. So like, they can so, look, I'll say this. If they get Russo back, they got me for a show. Like you want to watch a, that? You want to watch that shit? Show. Vince Russo always give you a great chapter one, uh, a great opening. And then after that, you know, you can just 
throw that out. But nah, um, I, I think I'm I think I'm far enough my wrestling journey to where like I don't want to watch no show where is not where there's very little wrestling on it. Fuck that. That's dumb. <laughs> y'all y- y'all are here to watch soap operas. Watch soap operas. Yeah, um, Young and the Rust is still is I, still going. I, I just figure with with Jarrett being there, I figure Russo's not far behind. So I don't know if it'll happen, but I, I'm hoping it does. If not for my sake, the 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 people that watch WWE just to see them embrace and wrap their arms around Vince Russo, I I would love to see it. General Hospital, bold and I, beautiful. Yes, bring back as the roll turns, bring yes. back guiding light. Anyway, we can move on. <laughs> I guess let's we get to the real. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, AEW Double or Nothing Four. So I don't. I know they don't number these events, but I, I thought you. Were, I didn't know you were going to number it. I thought you were going to say four and a half goddamn hours. But um, <laughs> dude, like I, I put this on and I was like. I didn't realize, but I was like, yo, this this shit feels way longer than four hours. And look up, lo and behold, it was over four hours. And it's like, let's just, my general thoughts was like, looking back at it, it's like, well, then why the hell do you put all this bullshit on in the first half of the, first half of the show if it was, if you go over time for it as well? Like, um, I've, I've heard some theories. I don't know how real they are, uh, but like, uh, as far as like worrying about a game, seventies conference finals game, I don't know what 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 was that about. So there were two things. There was that, and Tony talked about it in his presser, which is an all time. Uh, if you guys are bored this week and you want to watch just some fascinating shit, watch the Tony Khan press room. Oh he's God. literally the talking MJF stuff. I haven't even heard. I haven't even heard anything. about that part. He he didn't address it in the scrum. Mm, okay, but he talked about almost everything else, like in his life damn near and watching wrestling. I, w- I was, and people were like on Twitter crying. Why is this going so long? I was like, this is fascinating. You telling me if Vince McMahon got on the mic for two hours unhinged in front of the media, just live him questions and either a he's answering the questions or not. He's completely going off into some other shit. You wouldn't want to watch that. It was fascinating television or, hmm. you know, it was on YouTube or whatever. Okay. But, um, there was that stuff with the game seven stuff he was worried about um, because he was trying to pump some extra buys or whatever. He seems to think that there were people that were going to, you know, tell their friend uh, to, to go buy it or whatever. But he also bought an additional hour of time uh, for for Martha Hart in preparation for her because he told her essentially, like, go, go as, as long, long as you, as want, you to. want. We because don't care. Hey. It, it felt like she was going as long as she wanted to. <laughs> I thought I didn't feel like she went that long. Like, cause Rich, I was on a time crunch. My my clock was moving faster than yours. I was like, Martha, this and look, look, this is what I'll say about Martha, right? She when she was dancing in and dancing out, I was have I was happy to see her, and she's like she was having a blast. Uh, but it, 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 I didn't know where she was going at, 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 like the pace she was going and where she was headed and stuff, and like. The, the thing with like both belts and also a trophy and then neither. I think they should have had even, someone out like, there kind of kind of. I didn't know her. what was going on. I, I thought they should have had someone kind of helping her like undo the belts and you know, uh, kind of you know help her just hand her the belt so she can present it. But just to but she was the, but she was playing up the belts like however long she was taking to get it. In a way, I was thought she was trying to shoot an angle with Britt Baker the way it took her so long to get the belt to Britt. I was like, is Britt going to say, "Hey, get my fucking belt"? What the fuck's going on? But um. <laughs> I don't mean, but I don't mean this in a bad way. You just like, 
you know, they had the extra time so she could do whatever you want to. But like, I was just like, hey, uh, uh, but um, but yeah, like, especially so, at the, after so that section prep. of the show, the, the I was like, oh, okay, this is this is not so what I was expecting uh, for a you know, AEW quarterly pay per view. So in prep with that extra hour, like there mm-hmm. were additional matches added, which added to the length of the show. Gotcha. TK feels financially it was a sound decision. I think this is like. This is obvi- this is the biggest double or nothing ever so far. Yeah, they were it's saying that in the middle of the like in this last like third of the show, they were saying like no more. We've had more buys than ever before, and so I'm gonna see what that number is because I can't remember what they what their um what double or nothing has done historically. Obviously, yeah. aside from like doing over a hundred, you know, over a hundred thousand every time, but yeah. like you know, I wonder what that number is because like, and then when I heard that, I was like, okay, so it's got. Like you think about what what it, what would it have to be? It would have to be like Punk is challenging for the title for the first time. Mm-hmm. Like maybe there's something else I'm not accounting for, but that that probably has to be the, the thing. Um, I'd have to look into it, but that's probably it. Um, but overall thoughts on the show, like I thought that this was like that was a very up and down show. It's um, a tell of two shows, literally. Um, it was like in the first half, like there was like some you know like the, the death triangle match was was pretty good um i i felt bad for the young bucks having to like go to 0.25 speed to keep for to have the hardys like keep up and if there's a reason why the young bucks are doing a job for the hardys in 2022 i would have to have it explained to me um i am not far enough on my journey um <laughs> to, to understand the decision there it seems like you know the bucks are in a down cycle period so they'll just do a bunch of losses right now uh four consecutive for these guys but um then there were just like matches that just i think were just flat out bad and lifeless in the middle um i thought jay and anna jay they were trying and then i i think anna jay was not up to her normal um you know i i think their last match they had was way better than this one um looking at the rest of the card here. I don't remember the match but I know they had that match <laughs> yeah um, the I think the the finals were, were whiffs um, and there's no no way around it like you know I I, I think Samoa Joe's been pr- like kind of like a revelation uh, or revelation excuse me uh, mm-hmm. of late of just like very solid TV wrestler um nothing like that's as going absolutely crazy but like there's like been quality there has been him against suzuki there's been him um you know week to week him and kyle o'reilly yeah stuff like that we get here and it's just nothing like i i think i I mean when we get to it i can tell you why when we get to it i can tell you why yeah like i i think cole didn't come to come to play here um Britt baker and ruby soho i think was a struggle um at the beginning i thought it kind of turned around towards the end of the match but it wasn't enough that um, crowd was so nice so nice like so. it reminded me of like the beginning of AEW, when there'd be matches that struggle and the crowd just would be quiet for a little bit and then realize they were quiet and they would try to rally behind it like they were being real nice like if like there are matches that have happened in WWE's women division this year that like are basically that same match where the crowd just were like wrap it the fuck up. Um, um, then, like I don't like I don't that match wasn't better than that Piper Niven uh, uh, Becky Lynch match from I think Royal Rumble. That match was not better than that. It just um, went long. 
the the six man tag was a mess, just all all up and down. We'll we'll go through it match by match, but um, the second half of the show I thought was was excellent. Like it was like they were basically trying to rescue this uh, this first half, like that was drowning essentially. Yo, and uh, and. While they did a good job, like from basically Darby and and um, Oak Riley on, like even by the time we got to the main event, it felt like the crowd had still not rallied. It felt like it never recovered from how bad the first half of the show was. The first two hours mm. were, um, and I was like, "It's getting better. It's getting better. It's getting better." But like you hear that crowd when it starts, and then you like get to the main event, like even the cheers for Punk and Hangman coming out both times were like lower, smaller pops and. You were expecting, given what we got in the opening pop of the show, it was like, okay, that's because they've been beaten to death in the first half. They, and then I guess we can we can start at the beginning. Um, yeah. Warlow and MJF. Um, so obviously there was like a weekend of drama surrounding MJF, and I think that it was funny because I, I think coming into the match, like it kind of helped it, and then by the time the match was happening and it was all over with, it was like that wasn't worth of like all the the headache uh of this thing and i think it kind of zapped it you know uh, uh, of the the juice that it had behind it um i figured like i would like i knew what was going on i knew he was gonna powerbomb 10 times like immediately um this was more of an elongated angle than a match uh it did work it did get over big with the crowd uh i would have loved to have seen what these guys could produce in a real like kind of wrestling match here um People were some people were thinking this is some type of write off for MJF. Uh, I think he it's a big obviously his entire character and three years of mistreatment for Wardlow has kind of led to this moment. So he's he does need to go away for a little bit, maybe show up in like I don't know three weeks or whatever, uh, a month after getting brutalized or whatever, and then recover. He can't just show up like uh, Wednesday or whatever, like <laughs> and be like, oh yeah, you know whatever. But um. Yeah, this was an angle. This wasn't really a match. Warlow's over. Um, but the, the drama this weekend was like, it was all over the place. I don't even really know what to say about it. So have we fully gotten like, uh, um, what do you call it? Have we ever have we full, got a full accounting of what the fuck happened? My dude still not know? Um, There was a... Like there was a stuff about a plane ticket being purchased. There was uh, obviously he didn't get on said plane. Uh, a lot of people thought he was going to leave Wardlow hanging here. Right. Um, there's uh, you know a meeting that happened with Tony Khan, I believe today um, with with MJF in Vegas, um, if I'm not mistaken. Um, it's possible you got to you got to string it all together, like through SRS and mm-hmm. um, different stuff. But like you know, a lot of people were saying, hey, this is some type of work to do it i i firmly believe this is not a work in the traditional sense like they're not trying to work us into uh paying more money to to see them or anything like that but are there elements of stuff going on and you know mjf may take advantage of it yes i feel like that is happening but there's definitely an issue there because uh wade keller had dropped um something that kind of like corroborates like some of my thoughts on the whole situation like as far as like people coming in and what mjf was being paid and who he's slotted behind like um and, and a lot of this stuff is like legacy talent like uh like mark henry christian uh like people like malachi black like making way more money than mjf at this point uh, mjf did get some type of small raise 
um, like I think in the beginning of this past year, but he originally started on a starter contract. Obviously he outgrew that, but I think the deal is that MJF was upset that Tony Khan hasn't come to him either. Didn't go to him fast enough to renegotiate, to, to try to make it right with him sooner. Like, you know, if you're going to treat everyone else like this, you know, I want, I want the big raise too. And I can feel MJF on that, but I'm like, if he's going to give it to you now, go ahead and get it, buddy. Like it's, you know, but maybe this is a situation where, um, you know, and then you start thinking about MJF. He always, you know, he grew up wanting to be in, in the WWF. Uh, he's Northeast guy. Uh, we know how that stuff works sometimes. Um, but there's, I think you got to piece some of this through Wade Keller together through SRS. Um, I don't think Dave really had was plugged in on this one. Um, but yeah, it's, it's all over the place, but so uh, this match was not really a match. And for me, it took a lot out of the show. Yep. It was the number two most important match on the show and it got the finish right. I just wanted a match in, I, I got I got something that that presents itself as a match, but it was like it was you know as you mentioned it was like Angle more. It's like a if you were rated, it's like oh it's a two star match, whatever. It's average thing, Angle right person one crowd loved it, whatever else like. But it wasn't some great wrestling match. So um, that got us off the start. It got the crowd, you know, it got everyone up high. And the one thing that I noticed is like they yo know, people are really mad. Like the crowd, like they weren't just like typical boo MJF. Like they want him fucking gone. They yeah. sound like they want him gone. Yeah, like it was like you know, not not like, like oh you, you, you know, showed the, up you know, uh, you know I'll, I'll show up to you know when they said the shit with CM Punk about like I'll show up to you know WWE and all that stuff it, it's like no like leave like that's the kind of heat he got he didn't get some I want I'm booing you because I want more little it was like I want you like I'm tired of your bullshit I I think that's a sentiment that's out here um, I'm not tired of MJF so I, like <laughs> I don't care like I, I like yeah. I don't care like if, if he wants to get paid if like, he wants to get paid more who who am I to um begrudge him I would say that like if if it were about him in the money or whatever it, like it it does like when people I saw people compare uh the Sasha Banks and Naomi stuff with with him and I was like how is Sasha Banks and Naomi like as bad as what MJF did. <laughs> like what? Like you have an angle, you're set up to go and do it or whatever else. And then at the 11th hour, you're like fucking around about pulling out or whatever else. Like this isn't like some, like this is beyond advertised. This is some like, I leave an hour before the show and then we're going to, then they're going to pretend that this shit's going to be advertised or whatever else. And then it's going to set up a program that like, I didn't agree to like, this is some shit where it's like, what the fuck were y'all building to for like a, over a year or almost two years, whatever it was like, and now you're going to leave this dude hanging. Cause you want to try to seemly hang, you know, like, do what people all of all my left to be is speculating, whatever the fuck they were doing. Like, I don't know what he was doing, but like the fucking around thing when it, and, it, and then it gets out is like, okay, all right, man, whatever. Like, I don't, I don't, I don't know what the problem is. It's beyond me. Uh, like, all I know is like, you know, in this true Stephen A. Smith fashion, I, I am not down with people that don't want to go to work. You don't want to show up to work. So, um, I, I, I don't think there was anything that was changed about the presentation. MJ does PR says he says he doesn't believe it the way it was pre- presented. Um, uh, like 
that MJF didn't want to show up and do that. I, I think that was going to be the plan, whether MJF was happy or not. Yeah, like I, this, I this wasn't some type of retaliation or anything yeah, like that. I don't think it was a situation where he didn't want to do business. Like uh, as far as he didn't want to lose, I think it was a situation where he was like, "All right," or I, I'm getting the regular speculation. I'm getting it to you right now. But lose to CM Punk, lose the word low. It's going to take a while for him to get this hot ever again in a program this hot ever again. It may take and, months. And look it at these two programs that, and look at these two programs that he's done in a row. Yeah, where it's just like this is the weeks peak. This is the peak of his quote weeks. unquote. This is the peak of it right now. He's going to be on the back end of it now, and he's not going to be quote unquote as appealing. Like his leverage play, if the, if this was in fact leverage play to get a new deal or get a pay raise, like he goes into annoying that like after after this match, after I am Sunday. not going to have the leverage I had before. Like regardless of regardless of what he's trying to do, like I don't think it was about him, you know, not wanting to do the job. Like I mean, he wouldn't Same. have done this if, if, if it was a situation. But the situation is the way they've been talking about him and money and the pay whatever whatever else. He understands like after this match, the price of the brick is going down, not up, for at least like, a few months. Like people thought it was like some Roddy Piper shit. It was like Ultimate Warrior, um, Jeff and, and I don't know. It's like yeah, Jeff Jarrett. It's like man. Like it almost reminds you of kind of like what the traditional wrestling business was like rather than this uh, kind of inflated utopia that WWE's enjoyed with their uh, basically like people being expendable and all the money already being made. Mm -hmm. Like we didn't have these issues like, you know, for years and years in wrestling. Yeah, <laughs> I think. And MJF is, you know, I think on a major league level at least. Yeah. Like you I know. think he's. You know, Rush will show up and not want to do a job in a minute. And yeah. speaking of Rush, you know, we'll get to him later. But um, as far as MJF, like, I think you have to exalt, you know, it's two more years before anything's going to happen. And he's signed. And I think if he's going to show up, you like I was, was saying before, treat it like baseball. Like, maybe it's like, hey, you're going to get the real value out of him now. Let someone else pay for the, pay for the other years. And then, yeah. like, you know. If he wants to go, fine. Like, you know, this like, you know, if he wants to stay, cool. Like, so. Yeah. Um, yeah. Like, but, I mean, at this point, aside from like CM Punk, is anybody not expendable? I don't know that. Let me, let me pull that back. Let me pull that back. Yeah. I, I don't want to say, I don't mean the word expendable, but it's like nobody is a absolute necessity on the roster aside from CM Punk right now. Just because, and that's only because of, what he brings as a draw. Like, is he the best wrestler in the company? Absolutely not. Okay. As far as in ring. But you get my point. It's like, he, he moves their business in a way that like nobody else really does. Like they've, they've had paper or they've had pay-per-views without Cody. They've had pay-per-views without, without Omega. They've had pay-per-views without Moxley and they number and their numbers still do about the same with or without them. Um, it, it, they're at that point where like the only person that that seemingly like that I've yet to see like if he just is out the out the picture, um, would they would the numbers plummet from where they are right now? Would be Punk. Yeah, they. Um, well, we'll get to the tag team match next. Uh, the Hardys versus the Young Bucks. Um, Jeff Hardy's boot was undone half the match. Um. Uh, I like the Bucks gear. Um, this I don't know, man. It it didn't hit for me. Like it, I I I thought that the Bucks would get a little bit more to work with. I think the Bucks, being as great as they are, held this together. Um, 
you know, to the level it did. Uh, I think I only gave it like three and a half, if I'm not mistaken. Um, That's what I gave it. And it was like, yeah. And it man. took a while for them to get to three and a half, too. Yeah. Like, and it was like, you know, the Bucks, like, break, damn near breaking their backs to do this. Um, as I mentioned before, you have to explain to me why the, the young Bucks are doing a job for the Hardys. Uh, the Hardys look like they need to, uh, you know, let it go. Like, Not you know. <laughs> have you looked at, they're like, you know, people have been talking about uh, Adam Cole's, um, like his like his quarter hour ratings no look at the hardy's quarter hour ratings they're not doing they're not doing shit compared to what you expect them to do mm-hmm. like when people are talking about like well you know that that you know the, what was it the 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 jeff hardy adam cole match or whatever else and the people point to that as like look at this bad number for for adam cole no go look at the jeff like the hardy since jeff hardy came back and look at uh or not came back but came to AEW and look at like how underwhelming they've been like as far as uh, moving numbers or whatever else, like like people thought they were no, uh, compared to how they've been presented as well. Like I don't know what the situation is, whatever. Like might just be an edge situation for AEW. Yeah, they um, you know, it seems like they're gonna try to get some more juice out of this. It looks like Jeff is hurt. They did pull him from the match that was uh, advertised on Double or Nothing. Like they pulled him and Cole because I believe Cole came down with some type of shoulder injury, if I'm not mistaken. But Hardy's banged up from the match against Darby, and you know them being out the, the way for a while wouldn't be such a bad thing. <laughs> so um, you know these are this is a part of this changing of the guard, I think in, in AEW. I think a lot of this show represented that. Uh, I, I haven't really got too much in a narrative talk uh, thus far, but like there's a lot of like stuff being sacrificed f- to ensure that, Hey, these people are that are these newer signings are getting paid. So they're getting pushed accordingly to like, to match that stuff. And it's like, Hmm, like, like I, I question the Hardys going over like this. I, I question the 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 continued Adam Cole push at this point. Um, I'm I'm starting to question, you know, a lot of things. Like, um, we'll we'll get to it. But uh, up next, well, hold on, let me let me give you my thoughts on the match. I thought the Young Bucks basically like wrestled a match that was not a Young Bucks match that you stereotypically think of. Like, they went out there and they slowed it down and they told a story and they would have got a good attaboy from Pritchard and Vince and Triple H and whoever the fuck else backstage in Gorilla. But this crowd sat on their fucking hands were bored for for a good chunk of this match until um, Jeff started doing swantons on, on a goddamn person on top of a steel stairs. Like, I think they're cooked. Not just Matt, I think both of them are cooked. Like Matt was in there to start the match up, and like the only thing they could do were only thing they Shit, could do Matt was, was like, actually kind of all right. Matt was like, only in there for a short periods of time, so he couldn't get tired. Yeah. Once he got tired, like if he had been in there and got tired, it would it probably would have been more like what we've seen of him in recent memory. But like they put a lot of that on on Jeff, and then they started doing like um, they started doing it felt like it felt like I was watching a a, a not good WWE tag match. And WWE mm-hmm. normally has good tag matches. Yeah. Um, for a big stretch. And then they started doing kicking out of stuff. And then the crowd kept going crazy for the kickouts. Because, you know, you do a fucking swanton bomb on a on a, um, on a a person that's on a st- on the still steps. Like, if you don't give it up for that, then God damn. You know what I'm saying? Like, <laughs> it, 
crazy thing about this match, Nick took the pin, so I was totally caught off guard here. Yeah, um, that too. I, I peeped that. Then, I actually went back and was like, wait, did Nick just say that pin? Yeah. So I was like, hmm, that's interesting. But You know, like, because uh, I write the notes. I, I, I write out in, in show notes, like, when I watch a match, like, who took a pin? What was or what was the finish? And who got pinned? And who did the pinning? Whatever else. And I was like, I typed out Jeff Hardy pins met or Jeff Hardy finished Nick Jackson. What? No, why not Nick Jackson with a Swan Tom bomb? Go figure. Yeah, um, I I like I like the full speed Young Bucks. Um, yeah. I, I felt bad for him on this night. So yeah, like, if they ever want to do this again, they're gonna need to, they're gonna need the ladder. I don't even think that'll help. Um, <clears throat> oh, it would. Like, think of, you know, the Jeff Darby match from a few weeks ago was awesome. It just it, put a ladder there. Jeff Hardy is a whole star better with a ladder. <laughs> I, I never really thought. I, like, I mean, right now, I don't mean his whole career. Maybe it is. His, maybe that is true his whole career. But I mean, like, right now, he's a whole star say, better it, than it, with, it, a, with it, a ladder. It's his whole career. <laughs> <laughs> yes. I didn't mean it that way, but the way you were at it, like, as if I was, like, saying some, you know, some shit. Yeah, I I didn't mean it that way. Stupid observation. I didn't mean it that way. I did I take, no, you finna ask Sierra mad at me. I did not mean it that way, Sierra. I'm sorry. Hey, man, she got to come around. Um, (laughs) No, she doesn't. (laughs) Look at, look at it. (laughs) TBS title match. uh, Jay Cargill and Anna Jay. I thought Anna Jay was pretty not on point in this match. Um... Jade gets to win. This was, as Ti would say, substandard conditions. Look, man. Um, I watched a four with pre-show, like a four hour and forty minute all women's pay per view. Um, on Saturday uh, night, and at no point at any point in any of the uh, 10 matches on that card was anything close to as bad as this match. Like I, I see the, I see the cage match rating. I think it's a bit hyperbolic. I think it's like some, it says 3.62. Yeah. I yeah. think they're, I, I think it's like, I think it's just, a sta- I think it's like a, you know, I think it might be just an average match or what it or whatever else, but it's on it's in a spot where like nobody wanted the match there. You you go into the match, you're going to the match, you're looking at the card and looking at the time, you're like, why you know, why is it even here? Um, this would have been better served being on, you know, on TV, on Dynamite or Rampage, whatever. It had a lot going against it. That being said, um once you start doing the the you know once you bring the heels out, you bring the baddies out and the, you know, and, and, and Mark Sterling, and then you bring Stokely and then like, they're, they're literally at, uh, on top rope for the finish. And then like, Anna <clears throat> sees Stokely before the crowd even sees Stokely and reacts to it. And she's like, what the fuck? And then he's walking down and he doesn't play into it. It's just a distraction. And it was like, as it was just a, it was a mess. And like, uh, they, 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 like you mentioned, they've had better matches. I, I, re- I don't remember the match they've had before, but I imagine it was better because Jade has never. I don't think Jade's ever had a match this bad before. But whatever. Uh, I, I mean, it, it was weird, but you know they'll get better next time. I hope because boy, this is this was not. Um, yeah. No. 
Yeah, um, you mentioned Stokely, uh, Hathaway debuted, former Malcolm Bivens. Um, they immediately align him with Jade. Yes. Kind of Smart Mark seems to be out of the picture. I think Smart Mark did a great job with, with Jade personally. Um, but him being here, I think that's a great move. He's obviously very talented as a talker yep. and digital content producer, of course. Um, I can't wait. <laughs> To, to see what he brings and, and that he already put that one thing out. I, I hadn't watched the video and I didn't know you were unspoiled like on that thing when I sent it in the group or whatever. Like I just put it there to watch later. Well, it didn't spoil me. It's like he was, I didn't know he was going to show up. I just knew that a yeah. shoe was going to drop at some point. Yeah. So like, you know, all the shills told me, you know, this dude had no interest in wrestling. You know, this, this guy was done with wrestling. Really? You know, why? Why did they always do this, James? They always say such and such is too good for wrestling, has no interest in wrestling, has all this stuff in wrestling when like, you know, these are passionate people that uh, are really good at this shit. And then like you think they don't want to wrestle all of a sudden just because they're not in, they don't want to be in WWE. Why do they keep doing this? Stop this! Yeah, and now, another thing. And yeah, immediately. And another, yeah, and another part about it was like, why do you keep saying that? Like this person wants to is done with wrestling when it's like they're in WWE. WWE doesn't even call it wrestling; they call it sports entertainment. Stop being offended. Yeah. Uh, um, and then Athena comes out uh, also. Um, yep. She comes out with Statlander, uh, kind of even odds. Uh, so Athena's kind of jumping in. Statlander's face to face with Red Velvet. Athena's face to face with Jade. Jade is reacting with joy on her face when Athena comes through the curtain. Um, and there was somebody else that was face to face with uh, Kira Hogan. I, I couldn't remember. It might have been Anna J. Um, but. Yeah, so, uh, yeah, uh, MJ does PR. Serena Deeb needs Smart Mark. You could definitely do that. <laughs> you could definitely do that. Um, they, you know, Athena's here. Uh, what What are your expectations uh, w- with Athena? She, the, the, the water level seems to be going up a little bit here. Very happy to see her. I think she's one of the best uh, women's wrestlers in the country. Um, and she, even when she came back um, October of 2020 to when she... Um, you know, stop, you know, doing whatever she until she got end up um, getting let go. But like while Triple H still in charge, like she's kept showing it like she's still damn good at this. Um, so, uh, you know, like from the matches with uh, Raquel Gonzalez, it points to her teaming with um, Shotzi. You know, Shotzi was always, you know, a roller coaster. And as far as uh, her performance. So I uh, I, I thought um, happy to see her. Really happy to see her. Yeah, um, I think she'll like she I, like she like obviously they you know they got who they got but like they just set her up for defense with some with Thunder Rosa and then go from there and then yeah, figure out where she where she's where she settles in after that but like yeah, on the horizon pull, that pull, needs to be something in the next you know few months. Pull to Rossi, throw her in there immediately, have her lose, and then um, you know figure it out. Um, six man tag House of Black against Death Triangle. Thought this was really good. Good. I didn't think it was as good as the match I had Eric Rowan in it, but <laughs> this was still good. Really? Um. Oh yeah, the pre-show match uh before Revolution smokes this match. Well, um, I mean the finish in in, in in you know the finish will do that. Um, yeah. I thought this match was great. Um, it's in the low fours for me. 
Um, it's obviously was taken down with the finish because it's like they did the Julia Hart thing where, you know, some, is, is she going to do it or is she not going to do it? And then obviously with Phoenix's injury, it got, it got dragged out longer and longer and longer and the longer it went. The, our patient, Mike, I don't can't speak for anyone's collective or as a fan base collective fan or uh, patience for it, but mine was like short. And when they did the one angle where she's like, I don't know, I, I, I'm here, but I don't know if I want to do it. I was like, all right. 86 that you 86 did that means you're not going to do it you're going to move on and then she finally shows up and she and you know she's you know the cute little uh blonde girl in the evil uh cult or whatever I was like, okay fine you finally did it it took you um how many months to finally get there but you finally did it um like she's had that eye patch on since like don't tell One, me six since, months don't tell me since fucking uh new york or um what's it called after that, yeah. Like September, October is when this happened? <clears throat> Jesus. Something like that. Yeah, um, so, you know, they finally did everybody it. Everybody can have their little goofy storyline they want to see so bad. I have zero interest. I didn't know people None. actually wanted to see this because for me, it's like... It's something in, they can't be, stop talking about. She's going to be one. in the team and then what? <laughs> what is she going to do besides be a heater? Exactly. Is she going to be a heater? Exactly. Is she going to, re- like, is she going to, like, be, like, the, let's say, the Anna J equivalent of, like, of... House of Black, like how does that work? Okay, yeah, I, I, I know she's she's a not she's not really a great wrestler at this moment. So, um, you you guys know my thoughts on this feud and who it's for, or this storyline development and who it's for. So, um, <laughs> um, but as far as the match, you know, lots of flips and dives and slams. And uh, you know, good good action between you know lots of lots of good workers here. So yeah, uh, I, they, you know, they they got the memo in the first half of the show. Yeah, like I mean, Jesus, they're they're the only like shining shining spot in like the first two hours of the show. They really were. I, I, I um, you know, the finish is the finish or whatever else, but. I want a rematch, and I want a real you know a real thing, and like. Because of that, it'll be a better match than what we got. But I still thought it was a great match. Owen Hart men's tournament final. Adam Cole defeats Samoa Joe in the NXT offer match. Um, this would have been way better in NXT. Uh, they should have kept it in NXT. Like, I don't <laughs> like, I didn't want to see this shit. It stunk. Um, I loved Adam Cole's gear. Uh, it was like Owen Hart, Kane Ring 94. Aside from that, I got nothing else on this match, positive yeah. to say. So, Adam Cole wrestled this fucking match like... <sighs> jo- Samoa Joe showed up in AEW and basically came out just wrestling. A, I don't want to say a hyperballing, but you get the idea. It just came out and it just had slugfest. So... Adam Cole, being the big brain wrestler he is, said, well, I can't do that with him because he's it's so much of a size difference and it won't be believable. So I got to work. So we'll start. So he has the shoulder injury. He starts working over shoulder over and over and over or whatever else and and doing this. And it, it, in ways, it reminded me of like a, a far inferior version of like the in your house match between Gargano and Keith Lee, where it's like, mm-hmm. look, man. I like some of the I like some of the submission stuff or whatever else and, and working over body parts and doing all the c- cool things or whatever else. But 
it's a lot of small guy is is slowing down the pace versus the biggest guy, which is literally hustling hustling backwards. Like unless you could tell a it, it, like you got to tell a dynamic story with it. They didn't do that, and it, it, the match was what it was. And then at the end, when all people want to see is Joe win, out comes Bobby Fish. Bobby Fish interferes twice. He is knocked off the stage twice, and then Cole beats him with like a, a bunch of basement super kicks, and then the knee and gets the win. I'm like. How many fucking times do you have to watch an Adam Cole match, have interference, and he and he wins? Like, I got this is an Alexa Bliss match. I mean, as far as quality, it kind of was. <laughs> <laughs> um, but I, I, I just me watching this, I was like, yo, like I do not, I do not want to see Adam Cole like basically do NXT Adam Cole in AEW. And, like, you don't get me wrong, like, Adam Cole, or Adam Cole in NXT had a lot, had consistently way better matches than this. Um, but, like, the result is, at the end, he wins, and he only wins by cheating. Like, I understand MJF has that thing that, that makes it work, but MJF wrestles once a month, if that. Adam Cole's out here every fucking week. And unless he's wrestling like a young boy, like he beats everybody the same fucking way by low blows, cheating, distraction, blah 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 blah. Like, I like it, it's reached a point to me where it's like it's not it's not necessarily like the the thing where like you have to have a a um a call or a call of cri- uh, have a crisis or whatever else where it's like yo the the alarming rate of time limit draws and stardom is getting way too out of out of pocket. Like, mm-hmm. but. Because one person is like, yo, look at what we were as far as distraction finishes and that kind of shit in general AEW. And then look at what it is since Adam Cole showed up. And it's like, this shit's gotten, this shit is like clearly changed. And I don't know why they keep accommodating this thing. And I get the part where it's like, well, he's a heel. He should tr- give the baby face an out. But it's like, if it keeps happening so goddamn much, it don't feel like an out no more. Not does it. I feel like a crutch. Yeah. Um, and then like his wrestling style has been like not the most dynamic in the world. Like I wouldn't consider him like, you know, on the level of the main eventers. Um like <laughs> well, previously. <laughs> um Yeah. Yeah. Um, I mean, but then again, like, like, you know, Punk's been more consistent than him of of like since uh, since Revolution. Yeah. And you know, if I if I line up like the five best like workers or ten best workers in the company, like I don't think I'm putting Cole in there. Right not now, from, not from what he's done since Revolution. Absolutely not. No, yeah, it, it's been like, and I don't know what it is, but it's it's just not like it's flat, it's stale. Like it, it is wild because like this is a dude that was fucking doing this in, in WWE, and now that he has more control over what the fuck he can do. He's gotten worse. See, hmm. like, I don't say his, he's lost, he, like, the monster of taking his powers, but you get my point. is like, his output has become a lot worse. Like, this dude, in 2019, was fucking awesome. He's yeah. undoubtedly still the same guy that has the same talents, but, like, he's not being utilized in that same way, and obviously he was on top, blah, 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 blah. But, like, you can make use of, like, hey, you're a upper mid-card, lower main event guy right now. And we can use you here, here, and here. Like I think they've done. I, I think like I they've gone to a, they've gone to a weird place with him really quickly. And, and, it, and I think it started with it, with that you know the Orange Cassidy shit. And I think with him, like I said, I always get in a weird place with Adam Cole because like I feel like if people were either 
very harshly critical of him yeah. or I think they're giving him the ultimate pass mm-hmm. on shit. But all I'm going to say is there are several wrestlers who would not be allowed to submit the matches that Adam Cole has submitted lately against Tomohiro Ishii, against Jeff Hardy, against Samoa Joe. There are wrestlers that would be like, like we would be questioned if they need to, to quit the business if they did, did this shit. Let's do this. Can you imagine the kind of noise we would hear if Kyle O'Reilly, his own fucking faction mate, was having these kind of matches? People, people, when he when he, it looked like he was leaving with Johnny Gargano out of NXT, were like, "Why would AEW even want that fucking guy?" Oh, I don't know. Here's your four. Here's your four and a quarter star match. Here's your three and three quarter star match. Here's your four and a, or four and three quarter, four and a half star uh, tag team triple threat match. Like. If he were, if, if sorry, if uh, Colorado was doing that here, people would be murdering him. We'd probably go down a list and find find more people. But, but I just want, I just want to pull look, someone. We know like, who it is. We, I just look. want to pull somebody that's just like, hey, like people be out here acting like, why is this? Per- why does why would AEW even take this fucking guy? No, one, everyone knew that Adam Cole was going to be taken, but or you know, and not even taken, but like people, AEW should should want him you know what i'm saying mm-hmm. like and literally it's like once he lost once he lost that title match to um for let's say the rematch like once he got past that rematch that he had it's like a different person like you look at what he first showed up from basically uh full or not full gear but um all out from all out to revolution is at a level where like no one's questioning why he's here and then like the second he lost that rematch is like Yo, what 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 happened this cycle? What happened? Like it's literally just a cycle where it's like he's a different person. Yeah, so someone should look into that. <laughs> um, I want her women's final. Uh, Britt Baker defeats <laughs> Ruby Soho. James, was this a match of the year? <laughs> Fuck no, yo. It's, so I did not watch Rampage or Dynamite yet. Uh, the uh, from last week. So, I I got the pre show. I pop on the pre show, and you know they have the twenty four seven type video pre show hype package or whatever. So I'm watching all of them, you know, to see you know give me the context that I've missed from missing last week's shows. So they get to the the women's own match uh, final, and <sighs> Mark Henry brings his country ass on the screen and says. I'm sorry, I gotta use your line, Rich. I'm sorry. He brings his country ass on, on the screen and says, Hey, uh, you know, at this point, two iconic characters um at the top I don't think he said top of the game, but then he said, I think this I think this match be match of the year. I was like, wait, what? I, I paused it, I rewound it, I recorded what it, year? I put it I, I recorded it and I put it I put it in my phone, and I sent it to y'all, and then I actually and then I tweeted, I was like, he said what? You trying to gas it up. Bro. You can't talk about how much Owen Hart means to you and tear up on this while you sitting down doing all this stuff. Then in the same fucking breath, lie like that. Look, I know Owen Hart liked to lie. I know Owen Hart liked to rib. Mark. With all due respect. No. 
Like, what were, what? Okay. You don't really do gambling. Nah. But let's do this. Dollar per dollar. How many dollars would I have to put up in order for you to bet one dollar that you were on Friday night that, to your knowledge, all of them were healthy, all four people were healthy, but that Britt Baker and Ruby Soho would have a better match than Thunder Rosa and Serena Deeb. How many dollars would I have had to put up for you to take that bet? For you to bet one dollar on it? Um, I would probably say hundred dollars maybe so for one dollar so for you to bet at one dollar i would have to have wagered a thousand dollars for you to have taken that bet oh my god that's what you're saying wow match it could be match the year my ass yeah it was not match of the year so <laughs> like to be quite honest with you like uh, this match was like this match was not as good as the, as the uh, Adam Cole in in, in Samoa Joe match where we just like gave Adam Cole a whole career retrospective or evaluation over a performance evaluation for the last quarter, right? Like it just went long and like the crowd just sat on their hands and the crowd realized it was sitting on his hands and it was like, all right, we gotta you know try to cheer, we gotta kind of rally them to try to be better and then the match kept going. And then it got to the finish, and I was like, yo, man, like, another match. I'm just like. Not it. At this point, I was like, yo, what the fuck? Like, how long have you been watching the show? It's been two hours. I've seen one really good. I've seen one great match. What the fuck is going on? Yeah, I, at this point in the show, I was like, yo, we are not on pace. Um, I love Britt's gear. Thought it was excellent. Um, yeah, Britt and Ruby, it just wasn't. No. You know, this wasn't there. Um, Adam Cole and Britt Baker then, you know, uh, up on the ramp. They get presented the trophies. Yeah. Martha yeah, Hart yeah. Com- comes out. Crowd loves her. She's happy. I love seeing it. Soaking it um, in. You know, talk as long as you want. Hopefully they um, next year when the Owen comes, they step step it up a little bit in the ring, like for the finals. Oh, because like going to say they do something else. Um, no, no, I was gonna say like okay. you know these finals like like I don't know man like I I think we should talk about the the overall tournament like you know I thought it was like largely like you could have like <laughs> like you could have just done all these matches throughout Dynamite and not called it a tournament and we wouldn't have known the difference I feel like um, not to say that the matches weren't good or anything there were matches in there that were good uh, I know a lot of other people were booked in different parts of the card that, that could have possibly like injected this thing with, with some more life. I feel like I wanted to hear like some more promos. I want to see more video packages, more prestige uh, placed on this thing. Like um, as far as like what it really means to people, like I, I feel like I shouldn't have had to wait to see Mark Henry until like every, everyone else, they could have like brought everyone out. Uh, but this is them wanting to do their Joker stuff. They could have did like a ceremony, be like, "Hey, these are our, all our our eight people that are going to be in it." You know, like really bring like the the pageantry behind it or whatever. Like you know, line them up and and talk about why they want to win it or whatever. You know, give them sashes, something like that. Like, so you, you wanted know. to be like the five star Grand Prix? That's you know, what, that's line them you. up. You know, 
you know, do something cool, you know, I, like do something cool, like I and and really like play it up, like you know, and, like you got you got Dax and Cash spinning the uh the whole you know their whole thing, you know. Uh, doing tributes to the wrong uh, heart brother uh, in, in this thing, and it's just like, like, come on, that, man! Like, that's not true. Hair played as Owen in that match, but they I, did the and then the, the finish they they stole from 1993 King of the Ring, which was Brett. So I like, know, but you get my point. It was you know, <laughs> like, I don't know, like I, look, they were stealing different things and making an amalgamation of of <clears throat> the plagiarism or whatever you want to call. It. I know you've been, I know you've been heavy on you know not liking. Oh, the, we about to the turn that they, all the way up. Yeah. We about to turn that all the way up uh, going forward. Um, uh, but uh, what's going on, uh, Frankie? Uh, but yeah, moving forward, uh, men of the year and oh, 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 let me let me get, let me get my two cents in for with uh, the the Martha thing. So. Cole comes out, he's worn that gear before, the black and pink, and then he comes out and he wins, and then Britt comes out and she's wearing black and pink. I was like, oh, well, she's winning. Yeah. <laughs> I was like, oh, okay, they have a couple win. They're, she's winning. And then, like, the the really the only moment of the match that the crowd, like, really liked and enjoyed was, like, um, Britt was in a submission, like, she was going to tap, and then um, she, like, she was making the ropes, and then, and then, uh, Ruby pulls her back to the middle of the ring and it slaps her back on. And I was like, okay, that's time to do it. And then she made the ropes again. I was like, oh, they fucked that one up. So <laughs> she, <laughs> so Ruby, you know, uh, Ruby gets beat by, by, uh, by Brit, Brit baby face by a second by get, by helping her up to her feet, even though, you know, she, you know, next time they interact with each other, she's going to rub it in her face again. But, um, you know, they, uh, they got the two belts and, um, uh, Martha and Martha, you know, she, after that, she, she, she held up the, the five-star Grand Prix championship trophy <laughs> and then it, it showed it to the crowd and then handed either one of them to put it back on the table and then, and then danced off. And I was like, she has, she had some fun and that's really the only thing that really matters. Yeah. So six man tag match, men of the year, Paige Van Zandt against Frankie Kazarian, Sammy Guevara, Ty Conti. This thing was built around a couple spots to get Sammy Guevara to kick Ty Conti in the face, Frank Kazarian to walk out on his team, then suddenly help them, and then Paige Van Zant to do a small flurry of offense. This was useless. Yep, and nobody's being the card, and the crowd did not care about it other than to say how much they are. They don't want to see Sammy Guevara, and I don't know Good. if it was like the helpful heat at all. I don't know. Good. The good news is this program is over. Um, sure <laughs> neither, neither Frankie or Sammy Guevara can challenge for the title as long yeah. as Scorpio has it. Good point. Um, and but what about Paige move. and, and Tay? That means they may, you know, that doesn't mean they're done. Doesn't I mean they're, hope done. they're done. Yeah, I, I don't know, but uh, they can focus on. You know, taking Sammy's heel character into a way it needs to go now. So uh, yeah, get him uh, out of here. Get Scorpio somewhere else, and Scorpio's going to be facing off with Dante Martin, I believe. Yes. So yeah, yeah is do, that, I, do think, the yeah, I think they mentioned. Um, I think they mentioned like the the forum show. So yep. a couple things. Ty and um, or Tay and. Uh, and Sammy Guevara, they they come up the the middle uh, 
entrance, the the, the the former Cody entrance. I guess not, like Cody's gone, so now people can use it. Like Jay used it, for example. Um, and <sighs> Sammy was dressed like a crow. <laughs> In, Bro, I don't know in, what the fuck in, they were wearing, but oh well, I, I I I can't speak to. Well, the reason why I say dressed like a crow is because like, uh, Tay was dressed like Maleficent from Disney. Uh, she uh, how do I say this? I can't remember. Was it Sleeping Beauty? Basically, an evil like um, a, a evil she, stepmother, she evil. A, a evil stepmother type figure that had horn that had black horns sticking out. That's what she was dressed as. She was dressed as Maleficent, right? So. And then, James. like, she also, hold on, and she controlled the crow, she controlled some crows, and then this, and then this motherfucker, Guevara, came out with a suit with, like, black, like, uh, f- like, furry feathers, and I was like, oh, so he's like the crow, and that's Maleficent, and I'm like, or the raven, not the crow, but I'm like, yo, why would he, dre- why would he dress some like, that lame? No, obviously, he's a heel, whatever, no matter. But the main thing for me was, like, so, I learned that they made a, a new uh, Laker slash Kobe Bryant edition of the, the TNT title for Scorpio Sky. Scorpio Sky comes down to the ring and he's wearing black, gray, a turquoise, a uh, like a mauve type color and like a burnt gold. And I'm like, he's dressed like the fucking 90s Alamo Dome Spurs logo. Why the fuck is he? Why the fuck is he dressed like you know David Robinson, Tim Duncan, t- t- Twin Towers? While he's wearing when he's supposed to be representing SoCal or whatever else? That was his biggest. Fight. That was the Lakers' biggest rival at that point. So what the fuck are you doing? Um. Well, maybe they're in L.A. Maybe he breaks out the uh, the yellow tights. Uh, but you get my point. Why? Do you, it's like you. It's it was almost like wearing like some Nikes and then like wearing like an Adidas shirt. This 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 shit don't go. This shit ain't pee. What are you doing? <laughs> um, I'd just like to take time to admire the visual of Sammy Guevara showing up with a UFC championship on, uh, yeah, to just to show good. the toughness. You know, uh, you know, I, I love to uh to point that out. Um, but uh, from here on, this show turns right the fuck around. We were we were going the wrong direction. Uh, but somebody noticed we were on the wrong track, and those somebodies were Kyle O'Reilly and Darby Allen. <laughs> they came out here and kicked the fuck out of each other. I fucking love this match. Like I was like, I was coming off my chair watching, watching like uh, the wrist Darby was taking, and then Kyle just just beating the fuck out of him. And then it was only like ten minutes, or I don't even know, it was ten minutes or whatever. Uh, it felt shorter than ten. Um... Like. It was nine. Oh, well, it's nine forty-five. Yep. So yeah, okay. Yep. So it was like, like, bro, like, I, I fucking loved this match. Like, I was like, man, in an alternate dimension, this could have been a final for for the tournament. So, um, and yeah, I love this. Yeah, I love this match too. Um, and I thought I thought it was awesome. And also, like, I don't know what the fuck happened with Darby at the beginning, where he does he goes for a, uh, you know, the the bottom rope or between the middle and bottom rope dive that he does. And we, you know, almost like torpedoes into people like he, I don't know what happened, but basically like he, he like fell and flip and basically like, uh, flipped in midair and landed on his neck. And as he landed on his neck, like his feet happened to by, you know, to luckily clip 
um, O'Reilly, so it looked like it turned into like a, a some kick movie did, but it was like he did that on purpose. I'm, I'm looking at it. I rewind that like once or twice. I'm, I'm looking at his neck and head. I'm like, he ain't playing this for him to land on his head and neck like this on the floor. So, um, but yeah, like great use of, of technical wrestling and and everything else. And it was funny because like I don't know, I don't know what the fuck uh, Jim Ross be watching, but he 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 was like I was Ross pleasantly delighted. Well, yeah, like he was like pleasantly surprised at like the amount of catch wrestling he saw in the middle of a Kyle O'Reilly, uh, Darby Allen match. So I was like, have you never seen Darby Allen wrestle before? I know he does this, the crazy depth flying stuff, but outside of that, all he does is simple ass catch or not simple ass, but like intricate ass technical wrestling and storytelling based on the fact he's so small and he he'll you know he'll give his body to either sell or overcome the selling and fight from underneath like he's a perfect underdog baby face he just has a skateboard and, and has face paint on what do you what do you not understand about this you've been telling these kind of stories for decades Jim Ross yeah Big win for Kyle O'Reilly here. Uh, I didn't mind seeing him get the win here. I was kind of, you know, I wanted Darby to win, but um, hopefully this leads to something for Kyle. Um, I don't know where Darby goes, but uh, he'll figure it out. He's, he's always over. Um, AW Women's World Title Match, Thunder Rosa versus Serena Deeb. Crowd was very into this one. I love this match as well. Um, this one, uh, Thunder came out with a Uvalde uh, tribute gear on, uh, of course, uh, the shooting that happened. Uh, then Serena Deeb came out, uh, new theme music. Uh, and this one, like, crowd was into it. Like, and, you know, they were in there working, trying to send a message, you know, in the beginning. Like, it was like, oh, okay. Like, that. so fuck them promos. Fuck everything that you, that that led up to this. It's about it's about a you know how they say the game is about a bucket, wrestling's about a match. Like, like <laughs> that, that's what the uh, message they were trying to send here. And you know, I I dug this one. Yeah, it it was great at the start, and then like you could tell the pace blew them up, and then they started getting tired. You could see them, yeah, uh, like for them looking winded compared to what you've ever seen wrestle before, and then you could also see it in like. The lack of like what it like at the beginning, and then you see how it tailed off, and how it got started getting a little sloppy or whatever else. But um, I still thought it was a, I thought it still thought it was a, uh, a better than just good match. Uh, I just think that it it, it was a, it was an ambitious pace, and like, look, I don't I don't begrudge people for 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 you know trying to go out there and, and have the best match you could possibly have. Like there were a lot of people that wasn't out here taking chances in that first two hours, but um, but yeah, like just comparatively speaking, like it just. It just didn't. Um, at, by the end of it, I was kind of like, "Oh, it's almost." It feels like two matches now, two different matches from what I saw at the beginning in the second half. So, um, I, but at the same time, I still thought it was um, a better than good match. Yeah, uh, Thunder Rosa retains the title here. Um, I could have been talked into a title change here, but uh, Thunder's going to go on, and you know who knows like where, where she's going with it. Um, I think there's a real like discussion to be had as far as like between her and Jade, who's the number one champion uh, in in these parts right now. Um, they have definitely different strengths, I'd say, uh, but I think I, I don't know who who can be next for Thunder. Um, looks like, you know, Jade's and got people orbiting her right now. Um, you know, what's stopping Hikaru Shida from, from stepping back up next or, um, you know, I, I'm just hopeful that, or I'm, 
I don't know, Tony Storm, like figure it out. Jamie Hader, can she get a get a look? Like there are a lot of people that are that are hanging around uh, in, in the um, Owen Women's Tournament that could do something. So, um, anarchy in the arena. That's I fucking love this. This was excellent um <laughs> best match on the show best match of the show for sure yeah. uh i went four and three quarters on this and it was like I, I didn't think it was perfect but it was like damn near perfect it was like yo for the hardcore brawling and like wildness and waking the crowd up uh jericho had the idea to do the new jack thing just proving his genius again uh saying how well that shit will work because like like we all popped big when the music started back over while they were still just, just crazy shit going on. And uh, obviously it's impossible to capture a video of this match and see everything I hear from the arena perspective. This match is even crazier. Um, Just seeing if if you're up high, you can just see all the chaos happening. And um, I I thought they made a lot of like, uh, they, they did a lot of things in a match where obviously, all right, we're going to grab your attention with the music, like looping around twice or whatever, and having a wild brawl at the beginning. And then we're going to like pair off and, and, you know, we're going to do some risk taking stuff. We're going to bleed. We're going to fight around the arena. And then it's going to break down into like this storytelling masterclass, like with Danielson at the end. And then uh, Eddie Kingston coming out with the gas can and pouring it on Jericho. But at the same time, pouring on Danielson, Danielson and him snapping and then Moxley being in there watching his two friends fight. And it's like, Oh shit, what side is Moxley going to really choose? Uh, And then like it fucking costs him at the end. And like uh, Jericho appreciates society showing that they are fucking dirty brawlers and like, and violent men themselves. And like in the middle of this shit, it's Chris Jericho. And it, and I every time I see Jericho just have like one of these performances, it's like this dude is he's not content. Like he's not content with his already great legacy. He's always adding unlimited chapters. Like, you know, he you know, he got this this here book right here, you know. Th- th- this book, the book of Jericho with all of these matches that he has that he's written down and, and gave himself star ratings. He's adding more to this shit that's 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 worth a damn. Uh and Danielson was incredible at the end. Um, Kingston, all-time iconic photo, him coming down with the gas can. Uh, Matt Menard shows up on the fucking Muda scale. Um, I couldn't stop, like, thinking about how great this match was. I can't wait to watch it again, and I don't really rewatch matches. So, I love this match. I don't like it as much as everybody else because, like, I'm, you know, plundering or whatever else. Like, you, like... People think it's like one of the very best matches of the year, and I'm like, yo, bro, I'll I'll, I'll take Adam Cole or sorry, Adam Page and Takeshita over this a hundred times over hundred. Uh, but whatever. Um, great match. Uh, one of the best matches of the year. Um, around the world, like it's a four and a half star match. Like it's one of the best matches in the world. Uh, this year. So, um, do I think it's like a match of the year contender? No. But whatever. Um, that I guess is where I kind of separate myself with the, the four and a quarter thing, uh, or four and three quarter thing. But um, I have some questions for what the fuck exactly they're doing with Eddie Kingston. I he got the he got the win at Revolution. Um, and Jericho turns on him. They do the goofy ass thing with the with the with the. 70s Lawler fireball shit whatever he wizard he 
that's the only redeeming quality for it is Jericho like funnily says he's a wizard and he'll throw a fireball in your face. That's funny. But outside of that, it's like, okay, so Jer or sorry, Kingston like has fake makeup on his face for like three, four, two, three weeks or whatever else, and now he's perfectly fine. And then he they have him <clears throat> on the hype video, they had him uh cutting some promo where he's sitting down and he's with, he has a bottle of Jack when he takes a shot and he says, look what you got me doing. You got me, you got me drinking this shit again. And he starts talking about his demons or whatever else. And he starts talking about, um, you know, what you did to my family and what I'm going to do to your family and retaliation and have them feel the same way that I, that my family felt or whatever else. And, and look what you did to me. And I'm looking at him. And I'm like, bro, you have a man. You have manicured eyebrows. I thought he burnt those fuckers off, and I'm like, so now, so now he's like doing like the Mick Foley ECW thing where he's like, I don't want to do this, but you're making me do this. Why are you making me do this? I, and I and I'm I'm scared of what I'm gonna do to you and all this stuff. And I'm like, yo, it's fucking fake fighting. Can you knock it off? Like, like in the in the in the in the for me, I feel like in the in the chase to be so real you have now like looped around the other side and now this shit feels super fake to me so then the match happens and like he talks about all the stuff with jericho and like the vast majority of the match he's in the concourse fighting fucking matt park or matt parker and it's like uh, matt lee and i'm no, like he's fighting he's fighting daniel garcia so like I, then, think that no, was, he, no, I think no. that was the best part get, of it. He like, does get to Daniel Garcia. He does get yeah. to Daniel Garcia after he's fighting uh, Buddy. He made uh, uh, Matt Lee, who's on a Muda scale at that point. And I'm just like, you talked about how. Now, no, it's building. To, what it's building towards. It's building towards. He comes from the freight elevator. He grabs a gas that man can. comes from and, the depths of hell. And, 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 and comes down for Jericho. And it's like, can I see a little bit more of him? Like trying to kill Jericho at the beginning, as opposed to Moxley is doing that at, uh, for most of the, the vast majority of the match, and then he comes out, and then he tries to he tries to set him on fire. He in in like in his blood rage of like he's so angry that he has beaten up Dan Garcia. He has searched out and seeked out a fucking. Uh, gas can that has gas in it he has gotten the lighter he has walked down to the he has walked down to the center of the arena again he has gotten to the ring and he decides to pour it on top of dangles and it's like nobody's that fucking angry that they can't wait to get dangles off of them what like i'm not supposed to spin my disbelief but i'm like what you did all of this and you're still that angry get a gun and shoot him then like what <laughs> What are we? What are we? What are we doing? So then, him and Dangles start fighting, and like that's great because well, fire they, is, they is central to the thing because Jericho threw fire at him. So I'm gonna burn no, 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 you no, no. up. I, I'm I'm fine with that. But uh, I, what I'm saying is like you look at like you talk about like for example you think people talk about matches that have interference in, like last half of them that go 20 minutes or whatever else. Then well, why didn't the purchase come out? It's like apply that same logic of what went through this ma- this man's mind where he was that angry to go through all of these steps of. Gra- Go grab gas can. Go grab lighter. Uh, beat up Daniel Garcia. Go go out. Come out the front. <laughs> come out the front of the, the entrance again. Walk down. Pour gas on a fucking guy that's also beating up the guy you're trying to murder. As opposed to just letting him keep beating him up and then burning him after. There, you can't wait. You did that angry. Of uh, then fight the guy that just got gas poured on because like you can't fathom why he'd be mad that you pour fucking gas on him. Like. <laughs> It's like so. So then Kingston he gets fucking laid out, and I, I thought he was gonna make the save and continue the match. 
Like he just he just laid out. Oh. He's never heard from again. I was like, are you serious? Like man, so man passed out. So he loses cool. He fails as being a, a babyface because he let his anger overtake him. And then he is laid out, and another person takes the pin. I was like, yo, I I don't like this for him. You got to give him something to redeem redeem himself in the middle it of that. It doesn't matter, James. We've been talking about Eddie Kingston for over a year and a half. He is immune to losses. It doesn't matter. And that's what you keep saying. <laughs> when you have it, when you have it, you have it. And until you, you don't. don't until exactly. you don't. But we're not at the place where he doesn't have it. Well, my thing is, let's not do things to where all of a sudden one day we look up and be like, damn. Am I unfair by saying, why would you do this to him? At, I think the thing is, at some point, you it's going to happen anyway, right? Like, you can't run from the like how much someone loves the love for Eddie Kingston. It's not forever, I feel like. You can look at Becky Lynch going way over the fucking mountain like as far as like people being into her and living and dying with her eventually they're not going to live and die with you but mm-hmm. while they do this is this is the the magic of the journey that we're on right now like what's the him, end game he beats jericho he already did that no jericho's not the end game man this is the this is the quest man this is this is this is what gets Eddie to the level to be able to challenge for the for the championship one day, and it feel real. I feel like he's already there, though. Uh, I mean, maybe, maybe he's already there. Like you know, and hey, shit, we just had we just I mean, had Lance Archer. Spot, cha- hold, on, right? hold on, hold on, hold on. We just had Lance Archer challenge for the time like a month and a half ago. Why the but fuck can't Eddie Kingston? Well, that's not a real challenge. Like you, you know what I mean. Maybe be a like, threat to where he can where he can actually win it. Like. <laughs> Like, like he's like not a filler challenger, not a not a not a dynamite television match, um, you know, where, where he where he leaves, you know, uh, you know, after 10 minutes in the ring and gets beat and, and tossed aside like uh, he's he's I think he's got a real long term story. And I, I wouldn't have believed in Eddie Kingston ever winning the world well, title. I, well, I don't if, know if you believe that, given his age, why the fuck are we waiting How old is he? I think he's 39, if I'm not mistaken. 80. Oh, he just turned 40. You, you see what I'm saying? Like, there's a, there's a certain point where it's like, for me, um, I'm, I'm sitting there watching this. I'm like, I, I almost felt like, I don't want to say it was malpractice, but I was like, why would, why? he, he loses, he goes out like a sucker, and also he made the wrong decision as a hero. I was like, I, I don't like this. I don't like this for him. We just got him over fucking hump three months ago at Revolution. Now you're now we're backtracking. I, I didn't like it. I, I didn't like it. I, All I progress is not linear. It is where you control it is where you control the narrative, Rich. Like you, in real life, Stupid. it is not lin- <laughs> in real life, it is not linear. But in storytelling, Eddie Kingston is real. That's but the thing. In story, he's so real. Where is his fucking? Why, why does he have two eyebrows right now? Then he got one burned off. <laughs> How real is it? We can't. You can't look. All I'm saying is, this is this is fake. It is a TV show. 
you control the people's trajectory and also uh, the progress that the direct they go. Look at Warlow. Look at Eddie Kingston. I see one person. I see one person like this. I see another person like doing this now. And I'm like, what? Why do you need him going like this when they can both so, be going? So like let this? me get this right. You think Eddie Kingston is less over from this? From having another great match and just like him lying in the corner while someone else gets pinned. I don't know what purpose is served for him to lose that match. Outside of building towards a match with uh, Danielson. I, I think they're going to do blood and guts. And <clears throat> if that's the case, you know. I'll come back on her and be like, okay, fine. But I don't know how you, how, I don't know what you have to do to get the square to square off uh, the difference between. Bryanson and Kingston in a realistic way when we talk about how much how rude this shit is after a motherfucker pours gasoline on him. Will you forget motherfucker pouring gasoline on you? Because I wouldn't. I mean, I don't, I don't, I, I don't give I a damn like if they're, I have an equivalent of, of, of William Regal or John Moxley. Go to hell. He, he tried. To, he wanted to kill me. Yeah, it's on. It's on, and you know they gonna have to they gonna have to settle that. But I like, just I like know, to I, uh, like you say they're gonna do blood and guts. I'm like. Uh, I don't know how they do that. Do they transition from if Blood and Guts is uh is um basically like Kingston and Santana and whoever else he can find versus uh the Blackpool Combat Club and then is what side is Moxie going to be on being the real intrigue of it? Fine, but them two leak the B the BCC um and. Eddie Kingston and them coalition to face uh, Jericho's uh, like Jericho should be out of this. Jericho should be out of this. It's done. Well, they they kind of choked uh, this nigga Danielson with a belt, so that I'm sure he's gonna want to pound of flesh on that. I don't think he wants um, it before he wants to fight the motherfucker to try to burn him alive. <laughs> <laughs> um, you know, I just like to make note that Jericho uh, owns the big bad Blackpool Combat Club, so for for all that, you know. The all, all the real, you know, you know, stuff they, they was doing and, you know, the violence and all that stuff. They got owned by the wizard, you know. <laughs> well, to be fair, if you want to give them an actual fighting chance, you give them a win against a team that's that is considered OP, right? And their baby faces they'll survive it, whatever else. And you and they didn't ultimately win because they're better, or whatever else they won because of inter- internal conflicts of Eddie Kingston being so un- so seeing so much red he can't control himself so um being self-destructive so and you know me like uh, god damn it like uh, anyway um so i hate baby faces i just can't control their fucking emotions like i just can't like come on man like hold it the fucking together just this much this much this much like don't don't go try to kill a motherfucker by trying to by because they spat on your wedding ring you can wash it off don't try to you know end up fucking tearing your acl like while E. Coyoting off the ramp, that's fucking dumb. It makes you like a like a piece of shit, and shit like this makes you like a piece of shit. Like, oh my god, I hate it. Like, I literally like he. he this is a Gargano loss. That's that what I thought in my mind. Like, this is a Gargano loss, and he's like, look what happened with when doing that kind of shit. What that did to Gargano It's like, obviously they're not the same people, but it's like losses like this make you like, oh, do I mean, oh, the person I'm room for and I'm invested in is a dumbass. Oh, does that make me a dumbass? When I'm invested in him. Maybe I should stop. I think um I think Eddie being a once in a lifetime promo 
kind of kind of would save him from that. You can hand him the mic at any time until you know until the well runs dry. I, I look. I understand that he taught himself halfway decently out of the fucking dud or whatever else. You can't just keep you can't just keep expecting people to dig yourself out of the holes out of your out of your bad booking or bad booking in quotation marks. AEW World Tag Team Title Three Way Match: Jurassic Express against Keith Lee and Swerve Strickland and Team Taz. Jurassic Express retains again. And I do not think people were happy about that, uh, which which is funny because like there's. There's a lot of things going on narratively in AEW. There are people that you know are resentful of the of the new people coming in. They're uh, you know seeing like the championships kind of change hands. But like you look around, it's like well, Jurassic Express wins. Like are they not you know did, did they not qualify for the uh, for, for the home jersey? Like <laughs> like like they've been here from the start. Like um, I feel like. FTR is clearly in the mix, circling. Um, mm-hmm. They're they're waiting on this, and they're going to lose to FTR. Uh, but this was an this was another good match, um, and like people like really had a had a, a emotional meltdown. I think <laughs> over these guys winning. Really? <laughs> yes. Who do people want to see win? <laughs> yeah, like uh, I think they're you know like people are. Uh, like, they want to see Team Taz get it. They want to see Swerve and Lee get it. They came in with a lot of mo- momentum. And I can't blame them for either side. Keith Lee and Swerver, a very cool tag team. Team Taz is, you know, gradually seems seemingly putting together more by the week. The feud was Swerve in our glory right. against Team Taz with, right. you know, these guys kind of th- thrown in. Right. And, um, you know, I think I think a lot of people talk themselves in the title change here. So um, I wasn't, you know, I was shocked they win. I, I was kind of pissed Swerve took took the pin uh in this match but uh he was i think he was clearly the star of the match and they probably structured it uh in that way um knowing the the brain trust uh kind of behind you know these things so um you know they they have history of like you know this (laughs) i want to say this company right uh you can think back to all in like you know bandito was gonna take the pin so he is gonna you know be the one that shines and stuff like that but uh I think I think Swerve was excellent in this match. Uh, Lee looks in the best shape that he's been in since his indie days. I, I would gather. Uh, I thought Jungle Boy and Lucius were awesome. Um, Hobbs came out there very ambitious. I thought, um, but yeah, I don't think this is the disaster that everyone is making out to be. Save it for when they drop it to FTR, uh, and you know they start going insane with the cosplay eventually people will catch up to, to this but and i feel like i've been ahead of the curve on it but uh eventually the the cosplay will come around and we're gonna you know get that going yes the show boing boing factory that's funny um <laughs> who's um, already talking about your boing boing <laughs> it's a it's a whole thing on twitter and uh in the comment section they're talking about it no i know um, from martin it's uh what's uh was it uh tommy davidson dressing up or he was playing some dude that was doing like an imitation of uh sammy davis jr he goes shaboing boing yeah yeah yeah, uh, yeah. That's, the, that's a nickname for the nightmare factory so um <laughs> what why yeah, no. You know, Ricky Starks, you know, coded that whole connection there. You know, um, they said, you know, TK might not trust them. Uh, MJF and, and Rhodes are, or MJF and Starks are kind of like 
Cody kind of de- descendants, we, uh, we can say. Oh, but, God. Um, yeah, I, I didn't have a problem with the booking on this, but um, yeah, people got upset. I don't know what yeah, to tell I, them. I don't have a problem with this, but because um, I, I mean, it was a great match, but also, like, when did this year become the year where they decided to turn, like, the triple threat tag matches into the WCW triangle matches? Because the I remember I don't remember triple threat matches triple triple threat tag matches in AEW being triangle matches until Revolution this year. I can't even really think of like too many other ones. Maybe maybe that's what it is. I just like I know they did a four way match before and like like last year or two years ago it was like Kenny and Hangman and the Bucks and PMP and uh, another team I can't remember it might have been Private Party um, and it was like. I know it was like two people in the ring at once. It wasn't four people in the ring. Um, I can't recall there being a, a triple threat tag with three people in the ring. I like I get the storytelling elements of it, but it's also like, dude, in like 10 minutes or whatever else, or in like the last third of this match, everybody's going to be in this fucking ring to begin with. Mm-hmm. Can we cut the shit and just get to the flips and the crazy shit that's gonna happen in this match. And like so much of this match was they gotta come up with these way these mini contrivances to where someone can still a tag without them looking, even though this person like apparently has like the ring awareness of a frog, uh, to not realize they're in the wrong corner. And I'm like, I, I hate that. I hate that. Um so yeah, that maybe that's just a pet peeve of mine, like seeing matches like that where like people have like forty five degree, you know, fields of vision, like like the fucking centuries in Metal Gear Solid, or like people have nowhere, no complete, no like awareness of the surroundings where they can get blind tagged in, and because they're in the they're in a you know a neutral corner when they're supposed to be in like the blue or red corner. I, mm-hmm. I hate that shit, but whatever. That's maybe this is a me thing, but yeah, match was great. Uh, as you mentioned, Swerve was awesome. I, I didn't think they did that much with Keith Lee. Um, but I, I don't know what that was about. But yeah, like, the, the you know, once they got, coincidentally, Keith Lee stealing a blind tag from um, uh, Great Powerhouse Hobbs. And then, uh, or uh, go ahead. James says, get to the RLPW. <laughs> what? I mean, what the fuck else you got Jungle Boy in in Swerve there in a in a in a person in a match with six people? What else was gonna happen? What do you thought you were you thought they were going to uh start working like Shuri? You thought she was gonna start they thought people people were gonna start fighting for arm bars? No? Okay, so anyway, <laughs> who said that? Uh MJ does PR. Okay, alright. So um so basically, once uh, Keith Lee steals a blind tag from Powerhouse Hobbs, then you get the three big guys in the ring, and they start, you know, doing the stuff. And then all of a sudden, the, the you know the the speed the speedsters get in and they do their thing. And like I was like, yeah, so you did all that shit, and finally get to like what was going to happen by the end anyway. We're like Rick, I think it was Rick Knox because Rick Knox is always like over his head when it comes to these tag matches and let people go nuts because he's supposed to be like almost like a. Don Knotts and fucking uh, the Andy Griffith show were like he just over his head and overwhelmed. He's like, oh, what's going on? Uh, so whatever. Like it was, it was a great match, and like I didn't like that swerve loss, but it's like if Jungle Boy and them 
we're going to win. Who else is going to take the pin? Because they don't like they don't like beating the hills in, in that situation. Because especially like the way they set it up was like they almost had the match won, so it makes sense for Plum to lose and like they ain't beat Keith Lee. Mm-hmm. But I will say this: Swerve has taken too many pins already, for yeah. my liking. Yeah, um, and yeah, I wonder where it leaves him going forward. Do they continue to team with him and Keith at the moment? Does he break back into singles? Uh, is it time for him to to flip up his alignment? Even um, you know, you start looking at the the landscape. There's a lot of baby faces, and then you start thinking about heels that can work that are you know highly positioned um it, you know after mjf and you know scorpio starts getting kind of slim when you start looking at it um hmm. and then you know jericho is like you know i, I kind of consider jericho in his legend emeritus status like you know he he'll he'll go out there and do it i don't think you want to necessarily like rely on chris jericho at you know i, I think you you take the jericho that overachieves and overexceeds rather than having to like Put He's it a luxury you don't want to depend on him. Yeah, yeah. He yeah. so I don't know what is what is Danielson since B uh, since uh, BCC. I feel like they've flipped back babyface. Okay, that's fair. That's fair. I didn't. I, I mean, I haven't really thought about it. I, th- I always thought that like you know they were going to do something eventually, figure it out. But the Utah thing, I guess they are babyfaces, and obviously Moxley never officially turned. So. And, and like I think they're like I had actually wrote a column last week. I did pretty well for so suplex. I was like uh, Hangman Page bombs first, and it was like based on the promo and everything he did on uh, uh, Dynamite. It turned out not to go my way, and as far as the finish, but um, like I had mentioned in the, in the column, I felt like you know the Blackpool Combat Club, like when they were coming in, like their entire ethos was just like, yo, we're just gonna kick the shit out of like everyone here, and like you know they were getting mashed up like kind of like with the best friends it looked like it was like damn it was like like they're gonna keep the shit out of all these people we like 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 fuck that like and then like you know when you pivot them towards like jericho appreciates society and it's like oh okay you you put them against sports entertainment and then i think you can allow the crowd to kind of join in with them and it's a little easier uh in, in that respect and you know that's why i think you know they're baby faces now pretty yeah. much by proxy yeah um but let's get to the main event. AEW World Title Match. CM Punk defeats Hangman Page for the AEW World Title just over 25 minutes. Thought this was a good match. Uh, I didn't think it was bad. I think there are some people that hold that opinion. Um, I didn't think it was like an all-timer or anything. It was just like, oh, okay. Uh, very weird crowd dynamics, I would say. Um, it felt like Twitter coming to life. Um, we we are well uh, aware of the 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 toxic nature of like uh, you know debates over people's favorites and stuff like that. Like it felt like Twitter, like like the, people weren't necessarily like bigging up their guy. They were here to shit on the other guy. Like that's what that's what I felt like during this match. That's what and, I felt uh, like while watching. Like it it uh, in a way while watching it because. It felt like watching a Japanese crowd, except like if they were negative as fuck instead of positive, mm-hmm. right? It was like whoever you know, like these matches, you know, in Japan, like you know, the wrestling is more of a sport than a hill than based on a hill face dynamic. There might be people you lean towards the light more, but it's more or less like cheer for your favorites when they're working underneath or they're in danger. You cheer for them to get up and fight back, 
And in this match, when they were going back and forth, it was like whoever was on top, the other person, the other, uh, the fans for the person that was working underneath at the time didn't cheer for CM Punk or Adam Page to fight back. They were just like, ooh, I don't like the part where my guy has to sell for you. And I was like, what the fuck is wrong with y'all? It was weird. It was really weird. It was the split that I was describing in the column and we were talking about on the show last week. It was really, for me, it was really weird. And like, for me watching it, um, from the entrances or really after as entrances come out, like punk gets the bigger pop than, than page does. And then the match happened and it's, it's closer. It's probably, it's probably like 60, 40 punk, uh, throughout the whole match of people who people were, you know, were, were going for, for me, um, listening to the hype video of what um, Adam Page said to Punk as far as his reasoning, like it sounds ass- it sounds ridiculous to me. Like it, it, I am not winning. I am not trying to uh, keep this belt. F- I'm trying to keep this belt from you instead of trying to face keep it against you or whatever the fuck he said. But it's like his line was like he's trying to protect AEW from CM Punk, and I'm like. This sounds a lot that, like the misguided things that like, uh, what's his name? Who's the Clippers owner? I forgot his name. Microsoft. Donald Sterling. Oh, no. After Donald Sterling. The other guy. Steve Ballmer. Steve Ballmer. It sounds like the stuff that like Steve Ballmer and the Clippers are trying to do with like, uh, trying to get their own little bit of fan base out of the Southern California market. Whereas like they're trying to attract like a working class demographic of fans and they talk about hard work and, you know, uh, what was it? Uh, basically, like, uh, they're trying to appeal to a certain demographic. And I'm just like, hey, the thing you're misunderstanding is, like, this is the Lakers and, like, this is, like, Kobe Bryant and Pat Riley. Like, that doesn't, that doesn't, that's not, the ethos of hard work holds up in the Lakers. And it's like, when he says the thing about, like, I'm trying to protect, you know, CM Punk from AEW and I don't want this place to change. It was like, my brother. AEW does not fucking exist without CM Punk. Starting from 2011 in the pipe bomb and going from there, like they set them, like he's the he's arguably the most influential American wrestler of the last decade plus. Like, and so I don't understand what you're talking about. Like we're not here without him to be here. So as a fan, I'm like, huh. Um. So getting back to but the at match, one, but but at what point does like all right, we appreciate what you did. But we got it from here. Like, what what point does that come in? I guess the point was CM what Punk I, that's sucks. That's what I. Uh, I was gonna say that's what I what I feel like because like I don't feel like CM Punk like holds up to Hangman Page in the ring. No, but as far as uh you know the traditional things of of what like makes a star, the only thing he does better is the wrestling. I'm not. I'm not trying to dismiss that. Like I, I prefer watching Adam Page match to CM Punk match at this stage of the game. But he's not a better promo than him. He doesn't draw better quarter hours than him. He doesn't draw bigger houses than him based off the of stuff he's um in, like heavily involved in. Like the way they the way they set this match, especially with the commentators around it, was like. And maybe I'm mistaken because like I didn't watch it, but like going from the hype video package and going like the commentators, like they gave off this thing that like Paige was like trying to protect AEW from from the evil CM Punk, and I'm like, when has CM Punk been the quote unquote evil CM Punk in AEW? What what is this? Mm-hmm. Um, 
and I guess they were trying to do some rally like you want we want people to cheer for both of them so we'll give the line that like I am AEW like you know like how Goshi like says I am Noah like and I'm just like cool bro but like what does got what does it got to do with like y'all fighting to figure out who's the best like this was this, this some shit you came up with the last week um like I like this is like metal this is meta talking being brought to the front forefront and I'm like whatever man and then but anyway back to the match I thought the match was great um unless I'm forgetting something I think this is Punk's best match in AEW um they st- go ahead uh no Eddie Kingston you're right you're right you're right you're right you're right I think that that match is, um, I think that match is better from the standpoint of what it had, to, what it had to accomplish. I think this match is, uh, how do I say this? I think this match it requires a better performance out of Punk to get it done. Even with the, the goofy buckshot layers he throws, it got worse and worse every time. Like, that's like his, that's like his, uh, slingshot, uh, cutter. That bad. Yeah. Um, All but- three times he's tried it, he, he's fucked it up. Even, like, even the one, like, Paige saved it by, like, turning it to a counter, and then he was like, go get it again, and he went and got it again, he fucked up again. Uh, but, yeah, like, I, I, I really enjoyed the match. I appreciated, like, the physicality of it was starting out with the chops and everything else, and, like, I I thought that, um, I thought, obviously, like, he, he, you know, for the stretch he was in for, like, a month or so, doing, like, the Bret Hart routine, like, aside from the sharpshooter, this was a this was a CM Punk type of oh, match. Um, all the sharpshooters on this show look like absolute shit, and everybody in this promotion should be banned from doing them except the the Young Bucks, like and Sting, who does the Scorpion Deathlock. What's it called? Everyone uh, else got to quit. Put Thunder pack Rosa, it up. Thunder Rosa, when she did, it was like she was tired, so I I cut her some slack, but it was like, well, go to another move. Um, everybody else, yeah. pack it up. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I mean, it's it, what well, I don't, I don't know, I don't know what the situation was, but yeah, um, so, but yeah, like, I thought the match was great. Like, the the story they're, they're told were like, you know, Paige gets so desperate that he starts to think that he's going to start cheating to protect the precious, like he's fucking Schmeagle in Lord of the Rings before eventually putting the thing back down, and then ultimately bought him, gave him, you know, end up screwing himself out because he had a conflict of crisis that he, uh, or yeah, a crisis of, of uh of conscious and he uh ends up you know blinking so he ends up catching him it's like it was really like watching it it reminded me of like this reminds me of like of like uh that money in the bank match with CM Punk and and, and Cena and then mm-hmm. once like he does the belt thing it was like oh this is like his version of of Cena like stopping Lauren from doing the screw job thing and then getting in and um you know catching the GTS so it's funny that that Page from day one said they didn't want to get sucked into a masturbatory Bret Hart um, match. And then he doesn't see Cena match. Yeah. No, at, at the end, it turns into Piper and Bret Hart, where Piper doesn't want to use the ring bell and then catches it, you know, at the end or whatever. Um, I mean, there's a bunch of but, examples of people doing that sort of thing, but he, but he, he you know, he wavered or whatever else. Um, but yeah, I, I thought. I, I thought Hangman's like promo stuff talking about against CM Punk was more like a rallying cry around like the the changing times of AEW as far as like and CM Punk being the face of all these the, the these imports and new wrestlers and like you know we often talk about things not staying the same like 
people need somebody to rally behind that that really tap into that stuff. So, um, I guess, but like I don't know, maybe it's because I like a lot of the wrestlers uh, that came in more than I like the wrestlers that were here and that were like doing smaller things anyway. Maybe that's what it is. So I'm kind of numb to it, but it's like that's lifeblood of pro wrestling. Like if you want a successful pro wrestling company, you have to have churn at the top. Otherwise. You're counting your days until your days are numbered. <laughs> uh, so you know. Um, I gotta say, I, I'm I'm not excited about the the Phil Punk era that we're headed into, um, or excuse me, the Phil Hart era we're we're headed into. Um, <laughs> and like, you know, FTR comes out and celebrates with them after they go off air. They all are have you serious. I didn't know that. that. Yeah, that say like sons of Brett on them. Oh, I think it's getting really nauseating. Gross. I think it is it is getting taken advantage of as a gimmick. Um, and like, you know, I understand homage. I understand um shouting out to people that came before you, but like I know what this is, bro. Like <laughs> like and it's just like like it, it feels like this um, you know, and and I've talked uh, I was talking in the group chat earlier. I was like, Eddie Kingston doesn't abuse all Japan pro wrestling this bad. Like, <laughs> as far as like stealing entire sequences of matches, the the ring gear, the uh, the finishes, the the just constant. Well, he's not like, calling himself. Well, he's not out here wearing a T-shirt called Kingston Kabashi either, is he? Yeah, it's like it's like what the fuck is going on, man? Like, and, and then like. And I think the stuff that Eddie Kingston actually takes assimilates into the modern style uh, in the style that is, you know, kind of carried this company to prominence uh, thus far rather than the CM Punk way or whatever. And then everything he's doing, the the stuff he's taking from Brett and, and you know, the, the stuff he's doing with Dustin, literally having recreating raw matches from 1997. I don't. It, it feels like the past, like and it just feels like this, uh, you know, it's, it's a wave and I, that. I think we're going to have to ride out. I say everyone that is not that that agrees with me that's listening to this. Something we're just going to have to ride out until, you know, the the, you know, time comes where people kind of catch up to what's going on here. Um, I do have a hangman page title eulogy. Um, I wrote one for him as I wrote one for Kenny Omega. Uh, So, James, I'll go ahead and take it from here. So. Hangman Page was the fourth AEW World Heavyweight Champion. After 197 days, he lost the championship clean to CM Punk in a very good match that felt like a crossroads for the company, with both men representing different time periods and spirits of all elite wrestling. Losing the championship on his seventh defense, he leaves plenty on the table in the future, but gave us the best in-ring world championship reign in AEW history, eclipsing the man he defeated for the championship, Kenny Omega. Page won the title in incredible fashion and rolled into a pair of classic matches against Brian Danielson, one being a 60-minute draw, giving him back-to-back-to-back classic championship matches that will live on in fans' minds for years to come. Aside from the matches in his reign, he submitted an incredible non-title match against Kuznoski Takeshita. AW was strong business-wise with Page as the champion. With, crowd, with crowds back in full swing, Page was in key positions on several of AW's most successful shows critically and financially during his reign. If there was a down point of his reign, Page's television presence left something to be desired for some, as he would routinely not monopolize television time and didn't seem to center the promotion around him like some of his predecessors. At times, his character seemed to struggle, and he would have to out-wrestle the dynamics around him, those dynamics being very over-challengers or hotter stories elsewhere. Page in the ring was phenomenal. 
He rose to the occasion of any world championship standard anywhere in the world in his first go around with the title and for sure will wear the crown one day again. His tremendous versatility allowed him to meet opponents like Danielson, Archer, and Cole in any style they wanted to take it to. As a 30-year-old first-time champion, Hangman Page should be the blueprint to study for first-time champions. When looking back, history will be very kind to the Hangman who used this reign to solidify his main event status. He will always be the first man who was not a world champion in WWE, New Japan Pro Wrestling, or Ring of Honor to rise to world title status in all elite wrestling. As for the future, the end of his reign showed a more aggressive side that could be explored. Reuniting with the elite is always on the table, with the Dark Order not seen as much. For the first time in AEW, Hangman's next journey may be alone. Hangman Page won lots of people over, including myself, during this reign. Yeah. Um, so far, I was thinking about this maybe like a couple weeks ago. This was this was actually when um, when you were telling me that people were like ready to get the, trying to get the shit off the page and talking about like he's a weak champion or the nonsense they were saying but like I mean so weak that like you know look at the buy rate look at the buy rates real weak champion on top right anyway um and I thought to myself I, I actually went through it and I was like okay so this isn't the end all be all but I was like is he is he a most outstanding wrestler performer so far this year? Like as far as like is he in contention? He is. Yes. And I was yeah. like, and then I thought to myself like from a Flair Thez perspective so far this <clears throat> year, like I guess he could say CM Punk. Obviously, I don't I don't like that uh, match he had Revolution with MJF nearly as much as most people do. So uh, so I'll I'll allow for that. Right. Outside of that, Shuri. Okada, maybe Zack Sabre Jr. I think Okada slowed up a little, but he's got, you know, plenty slowed of time up, to... Slowed up compared to, like, his 2018 standard or whatever, but, like, as far or, as, like... uh like Will like Ospreay. Killer, kill, killer matches or whatever else? No, well, as far as, like, Flair Thiz, well, you got to be on top as champion as well. Um, like, it's pretty much him, Shuri, and Okada so far this year. And I was like, so what? I, I I don't get I don't get why people were like so adding like the sky was falling. I, I just it didn't it didn't make sense to me. There was one interesting thing about his title reign that I thought I wonder why. And then I you know I was thinking about the landscape, and uh, it was like, well, why did they only position him against either very popular people or like Danielson had to do like a faux heel turn to, to do the program. Mm-hmm. Very popular person. Um, they had him going against Lance Archer and they stick. Uh, what's his name with him? Uh, Lambert. Lambert. Um, they go with Adam Cole and they know Adam Cole is a very popular heel. Why didn't they ever give him like some heel, like detestable heel to, to face at any point during this thing? And then you fight CM Punk who's a baby face. Then, uh, Aaron Rotowski, shout out to him. He wrote a column, like kind of, kind of wondering about that. Like, Are you turning like, him where hill was, is where you're getting at? What's up? You, people think they may be turning him hill. I'm no, I, I wasn't going that far, but like okay. it was just like, yo, like why didn't they allow him to face real heels like during this thing? 
Um, I think they recognized he was a weak champion, and they put in people that are also like, if you put him with Adam Cole, if you put him with Danielson, if you put him with uh, Punk, like the buy rate will, will stay there. Like, I think that's some of it. Like, and also, quite frankly, outside of MJF, who could they have put in that spot? Like, what happened to Malachi Black? They tell they trailed off with him because they like moved off from the Cody thing, and then they put him into a trios. Um, yeah. So Andrade, they they they, lot of, lot they, they new... slotted him. Um, they, trying to think who else who else could they have gone with? Ricky Starks ain't there yet, not even close. Um, he's got too. They, they don't have enough good baby face or good heels right now. Like Chris Jericho couldn't have got a shot at him. Well, Chris Jericho was a babyface a lot of time before the turn, um, and that would have been a nice button up of him getting Beating a win him over and, Jericho. Yeah, yeah, the title first title match. Yeah, yeah. So like, I, I think that's a, I think that's a thing. Like, uh, they should start looking at their heels in AEW and developing some, some, some good ones. Like, well, let's 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 look right. Let's look. Okay, so looking at this. All right, so MJF um, feels like he's got to rebuild for a little bit. Well, I'm just going down. I'm oh, just looking okay. at his card, so I'm just naming it baby faces at random almost. Malachi Black in House of Black, Adam Cole, um, Men of the Year Scorpio Sky and Ethan Page, Kyle O'Reilly, uh, Jericho, uh, Ricky Starks. That's that's the list. That is a weak list of hills. So, like, this was, this was, they have, they've done too good of a job at making heroes that they don't have enough good villains. And the villains that they do have, they give them these factions of, of non threat villains and henchmen doing henchmen work. And, like, then they don't get to go over and, you know, get themselves super hot. Because then so you think presume- about, like, the, the crowd reactions and that, that Paige was running into is like, you know, it would probably have been a little easier for him. You know, <laughs> like to ride and, as a know, baby face. Yeah, and a lot. Of, I think you know, people come in and they have to figure, and then they figure out like what we're we gonna do as a program to do you know for the best of multiple people or whatever else. And then you get like, all right, well, um, Malachi Black was hot as it was hot as fish grease, and then like the Cody thing was weird, and then like how do you transition out of that? Bro, you know. Brody King showed up. Oh, Buddy Matthews showed up. All right, well, now 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 they have that. Oh, and then like the program that he would have done blowing and, and blowing off by now. Like we're gonna put that on hold for months because uh, Phoenix uh, dislocated his elbow. Um, you know they they did have a guy that could no longer ever like <laughs> challenge for the title. <laughs> that was there kind of in the same period that you know yeah. It, it, if he was a heel, you know, it, it might have, you know, they might have had the correct dynamic there. Just, yeah. just, just to say that. Yeah, just yeah, maybe, just maybe, yeah, yeah. Uh, but yeah, that'll wrap it up for double or nothing as far as a review. Um, yeah, I'm, I'm t- to be sold. Like, I'm gonna have to see it from CM Punk as far as, as far as the greatness or whatever. Like, and it's just as a world champion in 2022. He feels like we're going backwards, and there backwards are some people. Backwards to what? Like the old era of of wrestling. Like, like, like. Why didn't they go with like you know? You start looking at Danielson and, and CM Punk, and they came in together. 
Mm-hmm. Danielson smokes them in every facet of the game. I, I think they do um, that match at some point, I would think, for the title. Um, but Danielson's not doing like he's not recreating 1993 king of the ring because that's all he knows how to do right now um i have no excitement for cm punk at forbidden door uh i i have no opponent aside from maybe tanahashi that i think could be like interesting because tanahashi will like he'll figure it out we saw what he did with jericho at wrestle kingdom but like i feel like one of the best like wrestlers in the world doesn't have the belt <laughs> and like it's not like well, a case where he's a fine. current the first the first world champion wasn't one of the best wrestlers in the world anymore either right but he was like the most dynamic and engaging and like felt like he was just on the the cutting edge of creativity and, and putting things over the way you know where it just felt like fresh like i didn't i feel no freshness with cm punk I think that a lot of that has to do with um, this weird transition thing that we're in. Like, I think once they stabilize, they'll be they'll be in a better spot. And also, like you know, I remember you mentioned this a few weeks ago. Like last year, they did this thing where it seemed like the company had gotten to a malaise, and then all of a sudden they got to the summer, and then they you know they hit the ground running. I think they're still. I think they're still. You know, um, time for that. But I'm I, I'm just looking over at at like. Just remind myself of like CM Punk's cage match from this year, and I'm or his match guy from this year, and I'm looking at him like, you know, I I I vehemently disagree with that fucking dog collar match, but like looking back over this stuff, and you know, I also didn't love the first CM Punk match. I I, I gave it a respect rating because it was so it was good, but it wasn't what I wanted. Um, like I don't maybe it's a thing where it's like I guess you I don't know how you feel about it. I mean, me personally, like I I see it as like. Sam Punk had to be champion at some point in a similar fashion way I'm thinking about the Eddie Kingston thing. And it's like, if not, if, how long you gonna hold the shit off? You know, until he's fucking too far gone? Mm-hmm. Right? And it's like, all right, the time, you can do it now while Omega's out. You can give, a, you know, wide berth for him, you know, try to figure out when to get to a, you know, a Kenny Omega CM Punk match and do that, you know, at a big venue, maybe your biggest show ever, you can do that. And then you can go from there and then you say, look, he's already done that. Now we transition on him and move on to something else after that, as opposed to waiting, you know, past the window. And then this shit gets worse. You know, he's worse for wear or he gets fucking hurt or whatever else. And like right now, I mean, the shit speaks for itself. Like we're kind of I feel like we're almost in the or we're in the minority on it. Like for me, I was ambivalent to whoever walked out with, with the champion. I didn't care who won. Um, but like. As far as um, my enthusiasm level for for CM Punk being the champion is like, I think that there's more things. I think there's more interesting things he could do with the belt than what Paige had done because Paige was only having matches, and like I love those matches, but like I feel like he can kind of set the table in a way uh, at the top of the company in a way that Paige just can't do because he's not that kind of all time promo. There's no shame mm-hmm. in not being all time promo, but Punk can do that. Um, so I, for me, I'm, I'm fine with it. Um, I wonder what we're gonna do with Paige after this. I wonder if he takes time off. I don't know. Um, somebody, I, I, I wonder what he does next. Uh, how about Malachi Black? Yes. 
I was asked for that months ago. I was also asked for, I was, you know, I was asked for that, like, you know, the summer before he won the title. When he was basically off TV. Or not doing shit on TV. Um, so, yeah. Maybe they can have Sammy slap him in the face or something oh like God, that. I so. Sammy Guevara next to, no thanks. <laughs> no, no thanks. I don't think it's going to do Adam Page any favors being next to that dynamic right now. He'll get cheered. <laughs> um, yeah, but I guess James, it's time to hit the music. All right, so um, on Friday, yeah, Friday, um, Friday morning. No, I'm wrong. Saturday morning, Friday night, blah, 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 whatever. Um, Stardom had uh, their June pay-per-view, I'm sorry, their May pay-per-view, late May pay-per-view, Flashing Champions. This, they basically did the Night of Champions gimmick. They put all the belts on the line. They set up challengers. They all got they all got title matches and um, this match or this show um, drew in Oda City I think their second best attendance um, they've ever had in Oda City like I was looking at their what they've done uh, this year and last year in Oda City uh, they had two shows in Oda City I'm oh, sorry Oda War Gym um, the last year was Cinderella Tournament it had the you know the all time um, Utami and Shuri match, and then they also had the final of the Grand Prix um, in Oda War Gym, and um, like this did better numbers than Cinderella last year, uh, which surprised for me because like this is not a champion's gimmick. Uh, uh, it was you know I think it was it was almost uh, nineteen hundred people, uh, but anyway. Um, I thought this show was, was great. I think it's one of the best shows of the year. Um, I think it's Stardom's second best show this year. I I, I, I would say. Um, I think the only other show that's better than this so far this year from Stardom would be uh, the second night of Sumo Hall of the Sumo Hall back to back pay per views they did. Um, but um, from what you saw of it, because I know you didn't, yeah, you had your you know electricity issue with, with uh, <laughs> yeah. the tornado. Uh, what? Uh, what do you think of the matches before? Because I know you didn't see the main event stuff or the yeah you know, the uh, end of the card. I got cut off in the middle, I believe, of the trios match. So the Miami play so, match. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So everything before that. Um, the Hannah and Rocco. I thought it was a little dry compared to Hannon's normal matches, yep. but maybe that's it was Rocco. lacking. It didn't get through um, for me. Uh, as far as the the prominence match, I think Suzu Suzuki is carries a lot of swag with her. Um, just she also carried a lot just, of Waka Tsukiyama too. I was going, I was just going to bring that up. She okay. beat the fuck out of Waka, and like, it's just like sometimes I think Waka is endearing. Sometimes I think she's just like awful. Like so, yeah. <laughs> I don't know like how to balance between them at times uh but this was 
it was a prominence a time to establish. So, um, Azumia and and Thecla, like I th- I wish it went a little longer. Uh, it kind of like shocked me. It, it kind of finished quick out of nowhere. I thought they were moving in there kind of good um, together, but some of it looked a little like sometimes the move like obviously is quote unquote coordinated or whatever but the sometimes the explosion like you know it just kind of goes and it, it's just natural and smooth it just looked like there, there was something like a little not right like, i didn't like go nuts over this match like uh like a zoomy and natsupoy or something uh but it was good um azumi breaking out that i think it was some type of double arm bar where yeah Deckel was on her face uh, where Tekla was on her face, and it was it was interesting. Tekla came in with the dark hair, liked the look, um, a little bit different from from the Luna Vachon like blonde. Um, but after that, did I tell um, you that I had that I thought of that with her before, or is it just like I guess that's a thing? I think it's a thing. Yeah. Okay, because I was just like I used to see her and I'm like, is this like a Luna Vachon thing, and why? But whatever. SWA match, uh, loved it. Uh, I thought Fugan Def was about to shot the world. Uh, I was rooting for her to shot the world. She she did not, unfortunately. See, I got Fugan Death here, like on the hanging from the microphone. Uh, you know, give give Mayu Itani the, the small heart attack that that she was she was about to you know drop the belt to Death, but Death couldn't hit the moonsault. Uh, I I was sending audio messages to James during this and and wilding out. So. Um, you know, hopefully Dave watches this match. Um, and it was, you know, five minutes of fury, essentially 459 clocked in at. Yeah. Tag match, uh, Team James uh, victorious over uh, oh, Miyu and Masaki and, and Utami. Um, and, uh, oh I, <laughs> this was them beating the fuck out of like this rookie. Um, I don't know, like, I, I hate to ask this question, right? Like with Kyrie and Tam, it's almost like why are they t- together? Like I, I, like I don't know. Like, um, seemingly, um, Kyrie wanted a match. Seemingly, like I can't speak for kayfabe. I can't speak for real life, but like the kayfabe reason seems to be that like Kyrie wanted a match with Utami and wanted a match uh, with Amasaki, and then she basically was like. Hey Rossi, get me you know, get me a match with with Tam. And Tam was like, "Well, I really actually want to face you in a singles match, but you asked nicely, so I'll I'll, I'll come along with it." So then they came up with a tag name, and then they're like bonding over the fact that like they were quote unquote chosen by the white belt or whatever else, and they're almost mm-hmm. like the the guardians of the prestige of the white belt <laughs> or whatever the fuck. Um, so uh, from so then from there, you know, they doled out that I was punishment. Just- I was wondering with Kyrie, like the like, she wasn't in Queen's Quest, was she? No, 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 no. EO, Queen's Quest is EO's thing, um, right? And, and then she left. EO left, and then yeah, it was Momo and a Momo and a Zumi and uh, no, I'm sorry, but not gonna get into the the whole dynamics of all of that. But basically, long story short. The, it was almost like, uh, well, you don't watch X Men. I was gonna say it's like Xavier's School for Gifted Youngsters. You don't know what no. that means, but basically, like. It was Eo was was uh, getting frustrated with e, with Mayu being a, in a, one of those weird losing streaks she was on as an underdog babyface at the time. Turned on her, brought back Kazuki who was gone from the company at the time from like two thousand, I want to say fourteen or fifteen until 
come back at the end of 2016, says, I'm starting, you know, basically, I'm, t- I'm done with you, Mayu, you're a fucking loser, I've just decided the middle of the match, I'm tired of you, and tag league final, and says, like, I'm, I'm bringing, I have a young protege with me who's back, and you see in the mask, like, it's clearly Hazuki. <laughs> um, and then, like, uh, in the subsequent matches later, like, Momo turns on Mayu, she joins Queen's Quest. At this point, she's uh seven, no, uh sixteen. Um, in like, I think either like the very beginning of 2017, Momo tears her ACL in practice or whatever else, and then they're like they scramble, look around, like oh, what the fuck are we gonna do? All right, add, we'll have Azumi add in. So like in the show, she asks um Eo to join um. Queen's Quest, and then like they is those three, and then they hold on until Momo comes back, and then like uh, eventually they get like Viper to add on to be like the you know the UK version of of a first chapter of Queen's Quest, and that's that's how you end up getting B and Chardonnay, and you never seen Chardonnay, but B was a part of that, and that catch you up to speed. Oh, then you know EO leaves, puts over Momo, um. Utami debuts, joins Queen's Quest in the middle of the Grand Prix. Io Momo, or sorry, Momo Utami tag champions. That catches you up from when we started watching. Yeah. So I, I don't know. I was just wondering, like, when. <clears throat> I guess I'm saying, like, I, maybe this Tam thing is like something that's going to happen, but like they're building towards I'm, a match down the line with them, probably like the year end thing. I was I was wondering, like, when she would get around Mayu, like when Kyrie would get around Mayu. Yeah. Who knows? I, 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 I'm honestly, like, is, I'm, I'm trying to say, is there like old history there? Like, that's why I was like, kind of as far as beef. Wondering. No, gotcha. no, nah, it's been nothing but friendship with them. Like, um, well, aside from the very beginning, like, cause you know, Eel or, um, Kyrie's a little older than, um, than Mayu. Like Mayu is what? Uh, 29, 29, I think. Oh tw- yeah. 29. Yeah, twenty nine. E- or, or Kyrie's what thirty three, thirty four. Um, yep. So when Kyrie debuted, she debuted uh, uh, like a year. Like she debuted in two thousand twelve, right? So she was mm-hmm. in the second class of of, of, of the dojo. Mayu was in the first class. But like at the beginning of Stardom, they broke down into a um, into a like a, an age a, an age related like faction. So like. Um, Kyrie was in the older group, Eo or sorry, uh, Mayu was in the younger group, and then they had matches, whatever else. But like pretty much after that, like from two thousand, based from when Nine and I and Yashiko leave, like they basically just like they look around and like we have we've lost so much talent, and like we have to bring in all these foreigners, and like we're just going to put all the belts on Eo, Kyrie, and Mayu and make them a faction, call them Freedom or Three Dollars to Stardom three, slash Freedom, and like. They'll carry us from 2015 to 17 until like, you know, Jungle and Starlight Kid and arrived. whatever else gets a little bit better. And then like, and then from there, like you know, you know, Kyrie leaves, Eo leaves, and by that point in time, like, you know, the people that they were holding on to get to be the bridge people to get or count on them to you know hold those three to hold up until they get good enough, like Jungle and Momo, they get good enough, and then the rest is history. Yeah. Um, but like in this match, like uh, I think they they beat the fuck out of uh, Miyu and Masaki, and Utami yes. kind of just like 
was in and out of spots, just kind of like, huh, I guess, I guess I'm here to watch you get your ass beat. But yeah, um, yeah she, they were setting that hot tag. I mean, you never saw this match, but it reminded me so much of like the, like the one week when Kyrie and, and Oscar showed up to defend the women's titles versus uh, Tegan and Dakota. And I remember like saying like, yo, they're going to beat the fuck out of them. And then that whole match is like 17 minutes or something like that. Like close to over 15 minutes of them, like going through two commercial breaks, beating the fuck out of them. And then at the end, they get a little comeback and then Oscar blows the miss and they, and, uh, and one of their faces and beats them, but they beat the fuck out of the whole match. Like this match reminded me of that, except it was like in stardom and like it's, it is, it is just one person getting the beating. It's not both of them. And it was, I was just sitting there just enjoying the hell out of it. And like, for me, um, watching like just straight up like them you know doing the you're not on my level beat the shit out of you until you fight back and then and then once you fight back I'm gonna beat the shit out of you some more like it was fun and like Kyrie was like the whole time just waiting you know have, they build having that, flashbacks yeah they beat that hot they beat you know they 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 build a hot tag for Tommy Tommy comes in and you get to do Tommy and Kyrie which is you know a, a big potential match and like after this match like Kyrie says she wants a match with Utami so they're setting that up down the line too uh but like it, it was fun for me to watch just in like I ended up being a very good match um even with it being you know more or less just completely one-sided it's a, or more or less like a, almost like a handicap match for Utami to try to fight back against these two you know, top stars. Yeah. On uh, after the match, it was pretty funny. Like I, like I didn't need to know the language. I didn't mm-hmm. need to uh, understand. You know, I was watching Kyrie talk, and I actually sent James the following audio messages. Um, you know, what I I interpreted Kyrie saying. Okay, so I'm watching the post match for Kyrie and Tam. Uh, I'm just reading the verbal cues and all that. Of what uh, Kyrie looked like, she giving out. She basically saying, "Pro wrestling is hard, and you, know, you a young rookie, and we gonna beat your ass until you get tough. And uh, if you ever step in the ring with that soft shit against me again, the same shit gonna happen to your bitch ass. That's what it looked like for me. <laughs> and I will do it in front of all these people and keep embarrassing your ass. Now stand up." And get the fuck out of my ring. <laughs> so, that, that's what I. That's what I thought. You know. So, uh, you know. That's that has to be the one hundred percent translation. And, and it's funny because like you're you're over eighty percent correct. Like of what happened. Actually, she said it. Like so. And I told you this. Like so. At the press conference, um, she uh, Amasaki wasn't there, but the other three were. So Kyrie congratulated Utami on becoming the official leader of um, Queen's Quest. She won a five-way elimination match. Um, it was actually really good by the end. Um, uh, to become the official leader of Queen's Quest ever since, because they hadn't had an official leader since Momo, you know, departed. So, um, or joined Queen's Quest, whatever you want to call it. So, not Queen's Quest, but Oedotai. So anyway, um, she's like, congratulations. So where's... Where's Amasaki? And she's like, well, you know, she's been going through some things, so she couldn't make it, unfortunately. So then she's like, so you haven't been going soft on her. You haven't been going easy on her, have you? Like, you ain't been slacking on, you know, discipline. You know, not discipline, but, like, you know, training. And, she, and like, it goes down to listen to Tommy was like, look, uh, things are different 
like she didn't go through like the, the the pain and the tears that like us three did, but she's doing perfectly fine. And then like Kyrie goes like, start getting flashbacks. She goes, she goes this, this is, is a picture of me. This is a picture of me early in my career, and it, it shows a picture of her, like pre- from from what I can re- presume is like her 2014 Grand Prix match with Nanai, where, where like she beats Nanai, and the match is great. Um, but like Nanai beat. Like swells up half her face in the match, yeah. right? And she talks about how like when she was a rookie or debut match, uh, she had a bloody nose and she thought that she 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 looked like a dork or whatever else. And she said, but she's proud of those moments because that's made what made her who she was and gave her the you know the the strength to fight through so much stuff in the middle of a ring. And you know, I, I think of like obviously the matches I've seen her over the years and like. You know, like even the the semifinal of the Mae Young Classic, where like she does that dive on Tony Storm, and like Tony Storm is a fully catcher, and she is a banging her head against the grate, and you can see great marks on her face, and she had a concussion, and she was gonna mint like if the paper, you know, if if the grand or not grand, but if the final of the Mae Young Classic had been one week earlier, she might not have passed some concussion protocol, right? Stuff like that. She continued through that fight or that that match anyway. I said fight, but she says that's what made me who I am, and like you, she's like I. I don't regret any of that or whatever else. And I think you kind of, you kind of need that to be like as good as we all became or whatever else. And talk, talking about like Tam and Utami and herself. And so like this match sets up and she's like, she just beats up, she beats the brakes off of her. And then at the end says like, um, she asked her to pro match and after the match, like she walks up to her, you know, kneels down to Umasaki who's like laid out and she's like, or on the ground. And she's like, how do you feel now? And then Amasaki like what kind of mutters like very I'm 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 in a lot of pain or feel very pain and like Kyrie's like what's that? He goes like like I'm really painful right now. And then like Kyrie goes, "Yeah, wrestling is painful. You get your ass kicked uh like it's it's very painful like fans see you lose and struggle and like they get behind you because they see you losing and struggle when you see you do better like pro wrestling's awesome and then she yells out all that and stuff and it was like like Kyrie is trying Kyrie wants to keep handing down this tradition (laughs) and then you saw and then you told me like she wants to keep the recipes like you're an idiot (laughs) but uh but yeah I I, want want to pass on that generational trauma you know that, that she had to deal with Bring, yeah, passing down the hazing, right? Yeah. Uh, so, like, keep in mind, like, she still loves uh, Nanata Death. Like, every time they ever, like, in the same building, they're taking pictures together. Most most people do love the people that beat them up. You stupid as shit for that. Uh, so, um, <laughs> so, that, so, I mean, that was that match. So, then you get the, the, like, the final three matches, and, like, the final three matches are, like, the three best matches on the card. Um, trios match between... My employee, they were um, trying to set the defense record. They already tied it. Uh, they were trying to set the defense record uh, that they had tied with Cosmic Angels. At, I think it's seven uh, versus um, Saki, Momo, and Starlight Kid. And this match is awesome. Like they just doing a, but they're in and out doing crazy things. They're setting. They set up uh, about the couple weeks before. Then they set up like the dynamic of is. Nasapoy and Starlight Kid. Starlight Kid wants Nasapoy's blue belt. Um, Saki is there having to fend off Mecca uh, in the like beginnings matchups, and then you have Micah in Momo Nashi playing off of um, 
some of the interactions from last year and also their Grand Prix match from 2020. So, um, at the end, I remember I was saying on the previews, like, you know what's... You, have your have your belt you know belt change uh like alarms up if you see that like you see that closing stretch you see Naspoy in there with Saki because you know they're gonna get her ass right out of there with that with that fucking crucifix pin and sure enough like uh she countered out a one one attempt at it and then by the end she had her down and I was like yep she's done and sure enough gets her up to try to beat her with another move and then Saki wiggles out Gets her on her, get you know, gets Naspoy on on the ground with that fucking crucifix pin, gets the win. Um, I gave it four flat stars. I thought it was great. Like, uh, that's got to be. Well, I think that has to be the best sake match I've ever seen. Um, but yeah, like they they I they saw someone. It may have been it may have been JD. I'm not sure. I think he called Saki the Robert Ori of stardom. <laughs> I don't even know what that means. <laughs> But sure, why not? Like she's she is a bit of an unsung hero to where like it depends on like how they how they deploy her and who she's with and like uh you can you can vacillate between thinking like either she's not good or she is or she is good but like she doesn't really get much time to prove it. and I think like her right now as like you know the number three uh for Oedo Tower right now like she's doing a lot better than it was when she was like even the number two in Oedo Tai uh when Nazca was around. Like they you know, they I was uh I forgot who I messaged this, but I was like I think it might have been JML and I said like look man, like Starlight Kid and Momo, like they cleaning up Gotham City. They they they, they got a lot of it they got a lot of this 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 trash off the streets um when they when they both showed up and got both got together in Oedo Tai. Cause like there's in yes, there's interference in their matches, but like it's early, it happens one time, or it plays, or like, or it's very minimal. Like it's very like compared to any of the other wrestling you watch. Like it's not House of Torture, it's not like Adam Cole, it's not like the twentieth Adam Cole match you've seen uh, in two thousand twenty-two. Like it is a spot here, a spot there. Fuck with the ref or pull the ref. And then by the end, like you don't feel like you've been cheated on a win or a loss, and you feel like you saw the better person, the better team win at the end of it. Like, because mm-hmm. like ultimately, with stardom is like, yes, they're they're a hill faction, they're the longest running hill faction in the company, but they're not like trying to get you disinterested in seeing them ever wrestle. Like they're they're trying to sell merch too. Like at some point when uh, uh, Kagetsu and Hazuki retired. Nascator fucking forgot that, but now we're back on track. Um, so, so yeah, like I, you know, I like it. I also like the idea that, um, because of what what it sets up at the end of uh after the the semi event, where it's like, you look at Starlight Kid's year. She came into the year as a high speed champion. Um, then she transitioned over, and um, now she is or she was the. Uh, tag team champion, and now she's trio champion. She's won three. She's had three different belts this year. Um, and you know, uh, we'll get to uh the rest in a second. But um, so still main event. I thought was the best match on the show. Uh, Kamatani versus Mirai. Mirai. Great you know, things about this. Mirai is the um, you know, Cinderella tournament winner. She cha- or she won it. Her wish was to challenge for the white belt man it's like 24 25 minutes let me look this up let's see what it was 25 or one okay 25 minutes 
And, like, this match is, you know, like, like, I know, you know, last week you heard me say, like, about the talk about, you you know, you you referred to me as bag Twitter earlier (laughs) about uh, talking about Rizzo Oshiki. And, like, this is the stuff that, like, I wanted to see out of Oshiki and see her, you know, like, add dimensions to her game. Um, Like, Obviously, like, if you want to say, like, the flipping and the kicks are the same thing between Arisa and, and um, Kamatani, like, Kamatani, like, you can look through the Tam stuff, you can look at the high-speed stuff with Nasapoy, you can look at the stuff with uh, Mirai, the stuff with, with uh, um, even Micah this year, even the stuff with, maybe less so the stuff with um, the match she had with Utami, because, like, that was kind of a... I've, that's their match. That's the match they have. She beats her down. She comes back with her Karanas and whatever else. And then ultimately loses, but she won that time. Anyway, um, the mat work and the different mat work and her working a body part but and then getting to the... Or even selling the body part and then eventually getting to that stuff. Like, it feels so much... It, it just it just works better. It flows better. It makes more sense. It's more, it's more diversity to what she does. Like, she still does her stuff. She still, she's still going to do a springboard dive to the floor. She's still going to do a, uh, a, you know, spinning heel kick. She's still going to do the, you know, the um, the round off into a drop kick. All that stuff off and running off the ropes or being whipped into the ropes. But, like, as a tactician, she seems like a smarter wrestler. Or, in kayfabe, like a smarter fighter. That's what she feels like watching her stuff. So, she, um, she goes to work on Mariah's back. Mirai struggles to try to fight back, and, like, this whole match is based off, like, Mirai, Mirai's really good at fighting from underneath, um, she has, she has a fire, she has a, a, a charisma that I don't even think could be, like, uh, defined at this point, because, like, the way the crowd is behind her, this ain't just, like, some normal, any old, any old baby face and starting, yeah, they behind her, but, like, doing all the class and stuff, and, matches starting and like they clapping for her over a person that's given nothing but great matches and you know it's who, everything the company wants out of a top star like so she you know she starts out and she uh get back mat wrestling and she's getting beat or commentary's getting beaten out wrestled by mariah naturally and then get works on the works on mariah's back gets on top Mariah has to fight from Neve. She catches up. She even passes by um, Kamatani. Had Kamatani on the ropes. Um, I think she hits her finish. The the Miramari shot the base like the spinning uh, Mishinoku driver deal. Um, or yeah, or Falcon Arrow, however you want to call it. It's basically like has her have you in a fireman's carry position, spins around, then drops you like a Mishinoku driver sit out deal. Um, gets her back up. And then uh, Kamatani like slips behind and hits a ver- reverse run at a t- uh, even the odds, and then from there like Mariah tries gets one last little you know shot to try to put her away. Kamatani uh, overcomes it, gets the uh, hits the um, Star Crusher, then hits the Phoenix Splash, and like for twenty five minutes like I'm just like. Both of these people, I think, debuted in 2019 in wrestling, and they just, they just had a four, they just had a 24, 25 minute like four, four and a half or sorry, four and a quarter star, maybe even four and a half star match, and I was like, Kamatani, like she, like she just she's doing all the things I want her to do. Like it's one thing to have, um, it's one thing to like to have. 
you know, what you do, and then, but they also have, like, your matches also feel different from time to time, or depending on the opponent or whatever else, and, like, she's done it, um, and, like, people have to start, people have to look up and be like, hey, uh, is she in the middle of the greatest white belt run title reign, because, like, match to match, like, people tell me about, like, the Momo stuff, but, like, I've, there were some there were some misses in that like the Arisa run like there were her fighting gaijins that didn't work like I you know the the Utami match was weird the uh the B match was almost great it, I wouldn't say it was great though um but you look at her like right now like she wins the belt in like a, over in a four and a half star four and a, you know if people want to say it's four and three quarters I would disagree but you know, people rate it that high, right? Mm-hmm. Then, um, then the match she has, her, she gets a weak challenger in, in Unagi, and then gets it to three and three quarters. Then uh, she has the you know four and a quarter star match with Nasapoi. Then has a four star match with Utami. Then has you know a de- you know arguably a four and three quarter star match with Tam. And. Then uh, what? Then you get the Mariah, or no, not Mariah, but the 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 Micah match where she goes like twenty five minutes with with uh not Mariah uh, with Micah and like that's the best match those two have ever had. Like it's like four and a quarter. It's very similar. It's, it's very close to this. Yeah, I'm already mentioned Tommy one. Oh. And then you get this, and it's like, all right, now this is I think I think this is V six. Mm-hmm. She ain't missed yet. Seven. 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 Oh, excuse me. No, this is six. My fault. Yeah, yeah. I mentioned the the, the title change doesn't count as a, yeah. as a victory, but yeah, like I think she's killing it. And like I, you know, the person I wanted her to drop the belt to is facing her, and is like, uh, I think it's too soon. <laughs> I wish this was like if this was after Grand Prix, if this was the fall. I'd be like, perfect. You can just move on and whatever else. But um, after the match. Uh, Kamatani wins, and um, out comes Kid, and Kid is like, I'm th- you know, thinking it's the same thing I'm think- uh, I thought about earlier, I was mentioned, like, came in as a high-speed champion, won the tag belts, is a trio champion, won three belts, uh, this could be a-, a fourth, they really do like, you know, dual-wielding, you know, white belt champions, um, whether that was Julia, in 2020, with the blue blue trip or trios belt, where that was Tam with the um, winning the white belt with the blue uh, trios belt, this would be another version of that. Um, and like, there's no wrong decision whenever they do this because, like, obviously, eventually, Starlight Kid needs to have that fucking belt. But at the same time, it's like it ain't the worst thing if Kamatani were to lose it because, like, quite frankly, the way she's been running, she needs to be a fucking red belt champion the next two years. Yeah, um, I'm I'm with you. Um, I always figured Starlight Kid would win the white belt at some point this year. I think they're gonna switch it here and then start, you know, start the the <laughs> I hate to say this word, the grooming process of Rakamatani at the very top. Of course, you know, like there's a lot of people out there for her to face. Like I can't remember her and I don't, it maybe it happened in the Grand Prix, but I don't think her and Julia were in the same block. Um, the only time they ever mm-hmm. wrestled, the only time they ever had a single match was the 2020 Grand or Grand Prix okay. when it's like she's not even she was a geek at that point. She only won like 17 right. matches that year, so she still got like uh, another like mountain of people I think to kind of work through. But yeah, I think you're 
finger on point as far as like you know her trajectory you never saw her oh my god you would love this fucking match i love it like i think it's a, it's my second favorite no my well at this point my third favorite t- uh commentary match but like her match with shuri and knight it's night one yeah night one of the grand prix last year that match is so fucking good like it gets to a point where it gives a slap bounder overhand slap and the shit out of each other and they bringing that shit way back here and like in my mind watching it is almost like she slaps the shit out of Kamatani over and over and over again, and then, like, Kamatani has to return it back, and then, like, Shuri is almost, like, making a face, like, she goes down to her knee, and she grinned her teeth, and she's like, don't go out to this fucking dancer. Do not, do not get I remember dropped. that. Do not get yeah, dropped. I did watch that. The dancer. That match was fucking awesome. Um, like, they've only, they've only had that one match. Like, there's plenty of there's plenty of room for her. And keep in mind, like, oh, so she's 25. She's not as young as Starlight Kid or Azumi or, or whatever else. Like, there is a window on this compared to, you know, whatever. Else. Right. So, like, they want to make it. So, like, she's done enough to show and prove over the last literally year at this point that, like, or 13 months, 14 months, whatever, that, like, she she not only she not only can she be, she should be considered red belt material now that she's had this successful one. And like six is enough. Like, uh, I mean, Tam and Julia both had six defenses. So like, I, I mean, I would love for her to stay where she is and like for ne- for like a few more months and get a couple more defenses in. That'd be fine. But like, she's not even she's not gonna get to thirteen. That's Momo's uh, defense record. She never she's not gonna come hold the belt that damn long. So like, too much talent here. Go ahead, yeah, too much talent. Transition her out. It gives you a chance to like get off cycle with you know because they changed the red and white belt in the same show. Gives you a chance to get changed over to all that, and then also it's like, do you really want Kamatani to be the you know the white belt champion? Where like you go into the Grand Prix and you do and a bunch you of gotta jo- beat her. And, you, and you gotta do a bunch of jobs and then, and then you quote unquote get it back by beating the red belt champion because they, they do that every year. Like 2019, Arisa lost a shit ton of matches that like while watching I was like what the fuck, and then she beats Kagetsu. Um, or not Kagetsu, but B. Um, then 2020, Julia took a bunch of L's and then, um, and then beat Mayu. Last year, Tam took a bunch of L's and then beat Utami. Like, you don't, I I don't, I kind of don't want to see Kamatani eat a bunch of L's at this point. Like, they need to be focusing on, like, hey, we don't know how much longer, like, you know, a big part of the year was, like, Shuri, Kamatani, we have fed you the other, you know, the other, uh, two thirds of the t- of this top six we're making to include you in it, like n- lose a red, be- lose a white belt, fine. Now you're in the pack and can be, you know, could possibly, you know, finish top two or whatever else in uh the Grand Prix or whatever else. Like, yep. I think that's I think that's the route to go. Is like, all right, you you've done great with this, and now you've done so good with it. Now we need to track you higher. Um, but Team yeah, that- Sire. Yeah, so then oh, you, she needs to she needs to face uh, Giant Saya at some point too. <laughs> sure, uh, I I wouldn't mind that. Like I, I think that'll happen in the Grand Prix or whatever else. Because you know, Saya or Ida Giant Saya is on for some reason. She's in the the qualifying tournament. I'm like, well, she was in it in 2020, and too like there's no way she's not going to be in it it's almost like it's like you know like she's 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 too she's in between but like she's so much 
higher than everyone else is in there. Like the second person in there, and and you know, in ranking would probably be like Rowaka. Like I've seen her beat Rowaka. Like I've seen like quit playing. Yeah, yeah. I, like whatever they want to get her some you know, some more some more reps or whatever else, or put people that are more veteran in there in the tournament just to make sure the tournament's not a disaster. The qualifying tournament's not a disaster. Fine, but that's the only reason why you're doing this. Like, yeah. Anyway, um, so. Um, the main event, Shuri versus uh, Risa Sarah. Now, this match is a no DQ, KO, or submission only match. And man, um, this match started out as a normal match, and then and then the Kendo stick came out, and then it and then it descended to. Then it broke out into base like a WWF like main events pull out all the stops match. Like the only thing that didn't happen was a barricade didn't break. Like they had um keep in mind, um Ami was on the pre-show. Mariah had just lost when they had a busted up arm, so she's in the back licking her wounds. So it is <laughs> in the third in the in the third act you have all of um, prominence out there and they do a run in and um, the only person out there is Ami and Ami, you know, she does a whole bunch of, uh, she, she ends up uh, <laughs> taking out a bunch of them at ringside, um, including Risa. But like, then she runs to the end and like, it was basically heavy versus heavy. And they, they basically stalemate after all the shoulder, shoulder tackles at the end, and then by that, they gave Risa, and they start tussling, they gave Risa enough time after she got shoulder tackled to get up with the Kindle thing and whack her, and they go back to uh, Shuri, and then, like, man, there's, like, there's a air raid crash off the off the apron to the floor, there is a Kindle shot, Kindle stick shot to the head, there's a punt kick to the head that looked like Shuri fucking murdered uh, Risa Sarah, um, like the match was great. Like the only the only negative to this match is that it didn't go longer. Like the match only went like did he even so go fifteen uh, minutes? Yeah, barely fifteen minutes. Yeah, fourteen twenty nine. Yeah, yeah. And I was expecting like you know because the match it you know it built it built like a match uh, like a Shuri match was gonna go twenty minutes. So I was like I was kind of you know at the pace it was going. I was like okay, it's gonna go twenty minutes. And then like in the fifteen, I was like, damn, I I, I really would like more. Like it's a great match, but I I think that if they had like three three to five more minutes like it gets even better because they were they they did some they did some wild shit for a for a match because you know like sure doesn't really do that stuff but basically by the end she used the kindle stick so much and like or in the middle of the match uh they used the kindle stick so much that like sure had enough and like when uh recently went for like the kill shot over the top mm-hmm. <laughs> shuri caught it with one arm Took it out of her hand, snatched from her, and then broke the shit over her knee and was like, no, fuck that. We, we back to the traditional fighting. Enough of the enough of the cheating is back to the fist. Yeah, and once we, yeah, you've been using that stick and and you've been kicking my ass, but once I get rid of this stick, it's gonna be me and you. I'm gonna put yeah. your ass asleep. She has to slap it on the sleeper. And Sarah need to change her her theme music to that stick. Stick. <laughs> stick. <laughs> so um so so basically, at the end, uh, Shuri starts whooping her ass. Basically, after the candlestick gets removed from the picture and um, and the cheating gets gets you know cut off, and slaps her own slaps in a, a sleeper hold and doesn't let go. And then um, Mushi, Mushi Natsumi 
uh, used to be Mushmiaga. I don't know why she changed her name. She, prominence. Um, she throws in the towel and Shuri wins by stoppage. Uh, so at the end, Shuri says to um, says to Reese is like, "Look, we got a long history, um, but I had enough of you in this fucking stick. If you want to, if you want to match with me to figure out who's actually the best without this fucking Kendo stick, come, 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 run it. I'll run it again with you. Whatever." So um, at the end, Momo comes out and she's the next red belt challenger, and that match is gonna be awesome. I but, dropped that uh, stick in the comment section for everybody. <laughs> Yeah, but uh, yeah, man, I you know, I the final three matches, all great matches, and like with you, you mentioned uh, you 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 mentioned your perspective on the um, the other match, but I'm kind of with you. Like the Hand and Rock match, not really, not three stars, probably three and or probably two and three quarters. Um, the the Cosmic Angels versus Prominence match, really enjoyed watching Suzu beat the shit out of uh, Waka. Waka's fighting with her, with her heart and, and Risa, I'm sorry, not Risa, but uh, Suzu's just giving it to her and I'm just like, I can't wait till she's in Grand Prix because she's in Grand Prix this year. Risa and Suzu both. It's going to be fun. Um, Azumi, Tekla, like, I love the match. Uh, it's one of those matches where like, if it went like 90 seconds, two minutes longer, I'd give it four stars. Like, I thought that the, the work that, um, I, I like the part where it wasn't a full-on high-speed match. It, it broke down into it starts it has high-speed elements, but it's more of a match than a high-speed match. And like because of the way they worked and sold body part damage or whatever else, it makes sense that it's not a high-speed match because like you you're really gonna work over a, a, a Mizumi's leg and she's gonna keep running around at the speed of light again. That's dumb. But um, I, I really like Tekla in the high-speed division, and I thought that like some of the stuff that uh, Azumi did to Tekla's arms were just like gross like she she slapped on a like a like a rings of saturn and then like moved her and then and then azumi was so pissed off with her wanting to finish the match and this should be here super submission finisher but she didn't use it uh she got out of it and she like crossed her arms like imagine cross your arms in front of you like you're gonna hug yourself except she did it behind her back backwards and she kept and she kept jostling the arms back and forth and I was like oh my god she's gonna break this woman and she made the ropes and then she ended up being there with the numero uno her normal crazy her her, her standard nasty uh, arms submission um Azumi's fucking awesome Tekla's damn good um let's see Mayu versus Death for it's about as good a five minute match as you're gonna see this year like with comedy involved fucking hilarious just, just, just great Great for five, for three, four, five minutes, and then you know back to uh, the top of the card with, or the top of the last stretch of the card with um, um, oh, uh, the Kyrie match. Oh, uh, we didn't mention this match, but the tag team title match between um, F FWC Hazumi, uh, sorry, Hazuki in Kaguma versus Julia in in um, my Sakurai. I like. Hazuki being like really, really mean and nasty with um and Brawley and whatever else with Julia. Um, the stuff at the end, the closing stretch where basically Kaguma is, is basically going the long way around to get her win back from from Mai is fine. But I love um Hazuki basically kind of like breaking out the pink and black attack that she used to be in, in Oedo Tower. She's like just hair whipping shit out of people and brawling in, in the crowd. I missed it. Um, but yeah, uh, that match was also very good. People like it more than I did, but I, I gave it three and a half. But that's the show. Um, but or that is the event, one of the best shows of the year. Like, um, up and down, like blows away the uh, the AEW pay per view. But like, I I still think that um, 
that last half of AEW's pay per view like really saved it. It did. Uh, that would have been bad. That'd been rough if they like because they never had a full on stinker. But the way you watched that first two hours of that show, you were like, "Oh my god, they're about to have a stinker." Mm-hmm. But luckily, they saved the day at the end. But uh, but yeah, like ultimately, um, the last half of of um, double or nothing in this whole entire show, like it was a great weekend of wrestling to watch. Like, just I'm just gonna forget the the first two hours of double or nothing. You know, <laughs> remember this weekend fondly. So we had a couple announcements break during the show. So um, Cole and Jeff Hardy, as we mentioned, were out of the match uh, Wednesday to five-man tags. So Darby Allen was added to the good guys team, and Hikaleo was added to uh, the elite team. So Okay. You know, forbidden doors on the horizon. So I would imagine some, uh, some folks are going to be rolling in. Like I said, I want to see – some people show up to New Japan. I want to see some guys show up. Oh, and you didn't catch it last week, but Okan jumped out on uh, Okan and Cobb jumped out on Dynamite last week. Um, so that's why. So that's why Okan was in Vegas from the pictures I saw. Yes, and so then that, Okan went to Vegas and lost his goddamn mind. So this like, man showed up on a, on AEW television and decided to go ride dick. Okay, good for him. The yeah. pictures was wow. The pictures, you know. with the, yes, the pictures with, with with the ladies on the street. Um, and I'm saying it that way because I don't know. I'm just saying they were, but they were in fact at, at you know at his at face value women that were on the street. And yeah, he he was wilding out there. And then yeah. that man rode a mechanical bull in the shape of a penis. Yes, Ep- epic, epic night <laughs> for for the Great Ocon. So he, uh, he was in. Cause wasn't he in Rep Pro when he was doing his uh? Yeah. Why? Why? Yeah, like he ain't never been nowhere before. <laughs> he probably hasn't. He, he probably hasn't. That man was in the dojo. He was in the dojo. Like repressed. You, 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 you think there's much to do around around York Hall in London? <laughs> like this, no, a, this, a, this is a long. This is a long way from cooking the chonko. You bro, know this man. This man did all that and all that stuff. He, he didn't find the streets ain't safe when, when Okan comes around. So, so keep in mind about Okan. He's getting Okan, whooped. So Okan was there, right? He was doing guest commentary on the Stardom show. He fl- must flew back. Yeah, he flew back. But yeah. my, but but he did all that stuff, right? But in but in the meantime, he never thought I should. You know what? They have good barbers in America. I should probably go see one to take care of my situation. He he said, "Nah, I'm finna go to America and then come back looking like that with the braid on pay per view." Yeah, you know, shout out to the great Ocon. You know, I will um, never, I will never get how this dude like has like he he has. There's no way he doesn't cut his own hair. There's no way. Yeah, he's got a he's got a very unique hairstyle, like. That's you're being really nice. You're being really, really nice. No, like you must, you must maybe, think that I, you must think that it's like a cultural thing, don't you? Yeah, I was gonna say maybe some I'll understand. You know, maybe, so. look, I'm willing. I'm willing to upon learning, um, learning something different. From this, I'm willing to backtrack on this and help apologize 100. And I'm I'm not gonna say but or however. I'm just gonna move on. I have watched tons of Japanese wrestling. <laughs> With fans sitting at ringside, I have never seen no no uneven no ass civilian? haircut like that before. No, you haven't seen a civilian show up with this. I n- no, and I'm not even talking about like the ponytail. I'm just talking about like if you have a low cut, 
the low cut is even. Whereas like if you got a one, you got a or if you got a closed guard one, you got a closed guard one everywhere unless it's like a, some type of fake situation along the line where obviously the grades change, right? The hair length changes. This man does not have that. That man has. It looks like he like fucks with the guard and opens it up as he just zoom 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 zoom, zoom oh, and open it and close it, open it, close it. So he's like, it's, it's like it's not patchy, but it's like, yo, why did why does this all look like a mess? One day, and he ain't know. got no line. And oh, I don't. Yeah, and, and, line and, optional. Look, the, look, the, look the, now the line could be a cultural thing because you know the line is a cultural thing here. Right. Yeah. So I'm not. I'm not really gonna get them on the line. I'm just saying the line is like is non-existent, and then uh, including the non-existent line, it, the grade of the hair in length keeps changing from the from the side to the top to the front, and it ain't no fade. What kind of fade this is? This is something new, James. This, this man putting something new out for the streets. You know, setting trends. Follow follow the great Ocon. He wears his hair how he wants to wear his hair. You know. I ain't got nothing else, man. Yeah. Because if I go any further, I might be hopping into problematic territory. I may have already <laughs> hopped into problematic territory. If I have, y'all hit me up. Let me know. I'll set. I'll apologize. But I, I'm just. I, I'm. I'm calling it like I see it from now. I'm not making an observation about 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 our, our, our brothers and sisters over there in general. I'm just making a conversation about this man's this particular brother's hair's cut because this is wild. This is outrageous. I ain't never seen nothing like this before. Oh man, um, yeah, uh, good times, good times, but um, yeah, that that'll wrap it up, man. All right, so um, thanks for listening to the show. That's the end of the show. Uh, be sure to read us on whatever app you're using to listen is with. Um, if you are listening from the live stream uh, on Twitch, uh, look at the the logos. You see the uh, the pay app. Uh, the, the cash app you see the paypal go to there to drop us off with donations if you're listening from the podcast um go to our red circle in the, in the description below and drop us off a donation and be sure to listen to other shows on the network besides which radio you have keeping the strong style the ricky and clive wrestling podcast grown and watch this shit the great consequences podcast 8-bit suplex all things elite great mass generator Get in the ring, meet the press slam in all elite wrestling match guide. Thanks for listening. I'm sorry, AEW match guy. You done with the whole thing. I just get you right. Get you right. AEW match guy. Thanks for listening, y'all. Later. Peace.